Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 116. One day I shall come back. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. But the trouble with time travel is... One never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with light. Purple, green, brilliant, yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. Uh, we always laugh and smile at that bit, don't we? <laughs> we do. The Matt Smith drunken, drunken behaviour. Mm, I think it's because we can both relate to it. Indeed, yes. But, um, enough about that. Anyways, welcome to episode 116 of the Big Blue Box podcast. Welcome aboard new listeners and old, is- listen- uh, old listeners alike. And lurkers. And the lurkers, yes. I love the lurkers. You've got to love a lurker. <laughs> a bit like an ood. Love an ood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness, seriousness, I can't speak today. Welcome aboard. We've got a cool show for you today. Um, a little bit light on news, as usual these days. We've got some cool merch, though. Then we're going to give you our rundown very quickly of Class, Episode 4. Ooh. And then we're on to our review of Change, my dear. <laughs> Old Sixie. Yes. And Attack of the Cybermen. Which is going to be good. Mm. Indeed. How have you been, mate? Up to anything? Very good, thank you. Yes, I've been well. Have you? I've been very well, thank you. Um, mm. Adam and I are recording this on Wednesday, and we've woken up um, into a world that seems like um, cybermats have uh, crawled <laughs> into the White House and into the American public and just gone absolutely berserk. Yes, so, Trump is in. Trump, Trump is, is in, the, yes. Is the, is the new president, yeah. It's yeah. the start of a new world. It is. I do feel like we might have somehow slipped into a parallel universe, <laughs> just in general this year. This has been a really crazy year, and yeah, all been, just all yeah. together, you know, with, with stuff going on. But yeah, but yes. there we go. Yes, it's a it's a strange new world that we're entering into. But um, fortunately, Adam and I are here to keep the sanity in check. Yes, and we're not known for our sanity, but I think. Um, I think we're starting to, I think we're starting to look pretty uh, normal in this world. So yeah, it's all good. Do you know what um, I was thinking? I, that yeah, in the but, state of things, uh, we're actually looking pretty normal. Yeah, we are, <laughs> which is great. Um, yeah, I've been fantastic, mate. I went to the Power of the Daleks premiere yes. last Saturday. Saw some pictures. Uh, yep. Yes, um, I'm I'm busy trying to get the vlog edited because um, I'd like to get it out this week if possible because it was a fantastic event. Um, I knew it was going to be good, but it was it was just brilliant. Um, not just because we got to see got to see power on the big screen, um, but also we had we knew there was going to be some guests there, but we had a few surprise guests. Okay, and they were really good surprise guests. So it kicked off with Frank Skinner coming out and wow, doing a little yeah. chat before the before the screening. And um, as I'm sure our listeners know, Frank Skinner, who played Perkins in The Brilliant Mummy on the Orient Express, he's a big fan of Doctor Who. And so he did a sort of five-minute five stand-up um, 
just about Doctor Who. And it was, <laughs> it was just so clear that he's a fan because he was picking up on little geeky details that I think only that audience could have roared with laughter at, if you know what I mean. It was just so great. It was just like chatting with a with a fellow fan that's cool um, he was yeah. sort of joking about i mean the only bit that sticks in my head because you can never remember these things is he was he was saying how much he loves charlton but he said i i, I also really love william hartnell he says i love watching hartnell because it, it reminds me of watching a waiter carrying a large tray of drinks just you know with hartnell wait you know you're waiting for him to forget his line just like you're waiting for the waiter <laughs> to you know so it's balancing everything and he, he was just brilliant so that was a lovely surprise we got to watch the first three episodes, uh, which were great, and I'll, I'll chat to you about those in just a second. And um, and then we had a Q and A with Annika Wills, Fraser Hines, and the Mothball was there in the audience. He was sat really close to me actually, so I could see him he gets all the way through. He? The he actually moth. the cheeky the cheeky bleep. So and um, so. They they had a little competition in between the episodes where they were handing out DVDs to the, to the quickest person to answer a question. The cheeky Mothball. And he goes and nabs one of the Blu-rays. I was thinking, you should be exempt. You're not allowed to play. You must get that. You should have that already. Surely he'd get sent a couple. I was expecting him to yeah. throw it into the audience. No, he kept it. It was the spearhead of, from Space Blu-ray one. <laughs> I can't remember what the question was. But, um, but yeah, that was cool. But he actually got up on stage to do part of the Q&A as well. And I've got to say, he was hilarious on, on Saturday. Had a few he drinks. Was, well, I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, <laughs> I know last time I saw him at the class premiere, he'd had a few. But... He was just, he was on good form. He was really funny. And um, I managed to catch a little bit of the Q&A on film. I'm not sure how much I can include because I've got a lot of bobbling heads in front of it. And it's, what I've managed to get is not that good. But if I've managed to get any of the nuggets that the moth come out with, I'll be putting them in because he was, he was really on good form. Uh, and obviously Annika Wills and Fraser Hines were there and that was nice. They were chatting about Pat how welcoming he, welcoming mm-hmm. he was and all that sort of thing. Um, Graham Harper was on stage as well, and I've never met him before. He was quite interesting. He didn't say get to say a lot, but it was quite a crowded Q&A. So it was a really good event, and then obviously we we got to watch the episodes. And um, and uh, how far have you got into them? Because they've now been released online. So have you managed to watch a few? No, I've not seen any yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I was really hoping you might have seen the first few. Ah, Okay. No. Well, I, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. They right. are good. Um, the the people who actually were involved in the making of it were there. Uh, they spoke briefly as well with Marquez, who did the soundtrack. And um, they were basically, what what came across, the thing that sticks in my mind, is that they were only given a very limited time to, to do this. I think they said six months. Oh, wow. And they said, right. they said, you know, that might sound a long time to you, but believe me, to do six episodes uh, and get everything ready we were really, really pushed. We literally didn't eat or sleep. It was just, you know, it was a, a hard task to get this ready for the for the anniversary. Mm. So he said, so that's why, you know, it may not be as good as we would have liked, but we hope it's as good, you know, as it could be in that time frame, given the budget we were given. Um, and they're, they're obviously really proud of it, but you did get the feeling they, you know, would love to just have had a few more months just to tweak things because I think already fans are spotted. There's like the odd little tiny little error here and there there's a bit where polly's finger appears for like a split frame you know away from a hand and little bits like that the fans have picked up on that they would just love to go back and and just sort out you know correct mm. and make it good there's a few sort of bits i mean the animation is good it's um it's a little bit ever so clunky in places and again i think they you know they would have given more time would have would have made it more fluid but uh, but it works brilliantly with the audio it almost suits 
suits the time period actually they i think that's one thing they said that it's like it's almost like the show how the show was made mm-hmm. originally it was on such a sort of quick turnaround that in in that sense it's quite authentic so yeah yeah so i'll be interesting to hear your thoughts that we do see it. I, I mean i i thoroughly enjoyed it and i've i've downloaded it from the bbc store um i'm on episode four at the minute i think five will be out today although that'll be <laughs> hang on where are we by the time the podcast out, yeah. it'll be it'll all be out, won't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think I think you'll enjoy it, mate. It, it's just fantastic. It was so nice to hear, like I was saying to I met with Adam the Ultimate Hoovian for the premiere. It was so nice to hear Pat and the team getting laughs. You know, this is something that was made in the sixties, mm-hmm. and it's still entertaining people. Like there was just a bit where he goes fruit, you know, and it's just the way he says it. It's like it's not even a funny line, but because <laughs> it's Pat the way he delivers it. Even just watching it in animation just got a massive laugh. And, you know, it, it's just great just to sit there, just see people absolutely loving it and, and being able to, you know, finally or, yeah, finally see the power of the Daleks in, in some sort of complete form. So That's, great event. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, it, it is awesome. And I, I did debate whether to start watching it at the BBC store. Um, and, I, and I thought, yeah, right, because I had it in my head that when they were going to release each one, um, online i was going to purchase it and watch it as you go along um and then i thought mm, do you know what now i'm gonna i'm gonna wait and watch it all together oh yeah yeah um yeah. so i might still purchase them from the store because i've cancelled my um my dvd pre-order because um the the really cool blu-ray um well i've actually cancelled two pre-orders now we'll come on to it in the merch section but mm. um so i might actually purchase them all together from the store before then because the blu-ray's not out till when is it? Next Feb, year. Feb next year? Feb it's slated in for, yeah. Yeah, so I probably can't wait that long. But um I might just wait till they're all out and then binge watch them. Yeah. One day. Yeah. That's that sounds like a plan. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly, they they were saying because obviously um there's gonna be a colour version of it, isn't there? And they they're actually that's been done by mm. a different team. That's right. Uh, yeah. apparently, which mm-hmm. is quite sort of kind of all been taken out of their hands and been done by by someone else. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see, I think. But yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's a good event though. Sounds like it was um really interesting. It, it was as it, well it as entertaining. Was yeah, thoroughly interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, I, I met Mark Ayres, who does all the sound. Oh yes, yep. Design as well. Um, he's a really nice chap actually, and he was. I didn't notice it when we were watching the first episode. One thing that struck me was how great the sound was. I thought mm. the soundtrack sounded brilliant in in the theatre. Um, but. After episode one, Marquez came out looking really flustered and he was going bonkers because the 5.1 wasn't working. And he was like, I don't know what's going on. You're hearing it in a mono track and I'm trying to get this sorted for you guys. I don't, it, yeah, he was really tearing his hair out, poor guy. Um, and they never managed to fix it. Um, so to his trained ear, it, it wasn't right. You know, we were just hearing a mono track, but to me it sounded fantastic. So goodness knows what the 5.1 would have sounded like because mm. I thought it sounded great. Um, and apparently the, the audio is taken from a TV recording, which I cannot believe given how, how good a job they've done, like remastering it. Like they were saying, you know, this is, this is because obviously it was junked by the BBC. The, the, the mm. audio that they've used, it's the best copy they've got. I think he said they've got three copies and this is the best one or something. Right. It was recorded off a of TV back in the day, back when it aired. I mean, it's just incredible what they can do, um, you know, with technology now. Because it's, believe me, it sounded fantastic. Mm. they got some yeah. good tools at the Beeb. Well, he's a, he's a, he's yeah. the man, isn't he, Marquez? He's yeah. done a lot of Doctor Who stuff and he's a, he's a, he's a clever guy. So, yeah, he's worked <laughs> his magic on it. Yeah. 
but yeah i can't wait for you to see it i'm as you can probably tell i'm just so excited by it and i'm i'm absolutely loving seeing fandom embracing it as well like yes not just yeah. you know not just the older fans like myself that you know have, have been watching the show since it's been on tv stuff but also the younger fans that have come on board with the new series i've seen so many people tweeting about it saying how excited they are and it's just it's just great to see fandom excited about something and you know and really positive about something it's it's great it's yeah. great that's one of the things that i'm loving as well is seeing yeah. um fans new um new and old young and old all the rest of it really getting into um a, a classic story which you don't yes. really see or you haven't we haven't really seen that much in um over the years have we especially there's no um i'm not pigeonholing anybody but um especially for some of the younger fans they tend to shy away from classic who because it's all rubbish sets and yeah know, some watch, do yeah you know you wouldn't watch it in black and, who watches black and white stuff you know um yeah. but yeah so it's great to see um like you say a lot of the fandom embrace it and and i think this hiatus has done that as well actually i reckon a lot of people have a lot of those fans might have uh, in boredom gone out and seen these nice covers in hmv of the classic series and thought oh, i'll give that one a go and 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 hopefully really liked it and got into the classic so yeah it's it is good to see mm. yeah indeed yeah, yeah. So, so what have you been up to, mate? I know you couldn't make the premiere. Um, I did. I text Gary on the was it the day before? They suddenly released yes. some tickets, didn't they? Like if yeah. you, which is quite annoying actually, because my seat, as you know, I I managed to grab just one seat right at the side. Of the, I was literally against the wall. I didn't have the best seat, although I was quite near the front. Um, but yeah, on the day they released a few more tickets, and I I messaged you to say, Gary, quick, there's more tickets, but you, you couldn't go. So I then messaged um, Adam the ultimate hoovian said ad they've got tickets if you want to go and he nabbed one and he got a really good seat right in the middle of the <laughs> i think he did anyway right in the middle of the theater looking straight out i was a bit jealous it's like ah, oh, i was there at nine o'clock on the day and I'm, <laughs> I'm against the wall you know but um but i just to be there was amazing but yeah you, you you couldn't make it unfortunately could you buddy which is a bit of a shame yeah that is a real shame because um mm. after i couldn't get tickets um left it a few days and uh made plans for that weekend and then yeah you know as sod's law would have it it was the day before wasn't it i'm yeah. sure it was like the friday or something they yeah. just suddenly i guess it was returns or or Probably, whatever yeah, I don't I was know. gutted yeah. yeah but yeah uh well i've not been up to too much but i've just sat in front of the tv most mm. of the week um watched our review episode of course um, yes attack um also as i normally do when it's classic week i always stick on another uh classic who because it gets me in the mood um mm. and i stuck on the visitation Oh, yes. One of <laughs> our old faves. Yeah. <laughs> Were you laughing at the plague? <laughs> plague. <laughs> the plague man. What is his name? Mike, it's Michael Robbins is the actor, isn't it? What's his, what's his name in I it? I can never remember oh, his we ne name. We never remember names, do we? No, Which will surprise all of you that we can never <laughs> remember his name. Yeah, so I um, always enjoy watching that one. Um, yes. I uh, got the newsletter back up and running, so... Um, I noticed, yeah. Yeah, so the technical gremlins have been dispersed. So uh, if you're uh, if you're a subscriber to our weekly newsletter, you should be getting that through as per normal now. Yeah. Um, and if you don't sign up, just go and do that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk forward slash subscribe, mm -hmm. and you'll get one of our quirky little uh, minimal email newsletters into your inbox. Mm -hmm. um, I still don't know what day it goes out. You know, I think it goes out on a Monday, Tuesday. Um, Monday. I think it's a Monday or Tuesday. One of the two. Yeah, I guess I saw it pop up in my email. I think it was Tuesday, actually. I think I was at work, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I've also been watching... I've, I'm a huge... I don't know if you guys know, but I'm a huge fan of um, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit stuff. 
Are you? I didn't know that. Yes, and um, you know one of those days where you're, you're in the mood to watch something cool, but you don't want to sit through an entire movie or whatever. Well, especially and, not them, because they're about four hours long each. Well, that that's precisely it. I've got the extended versions of them. Oh. And I think The Hobbit, I think it's like three and a bit hours long. Oh and But what I hadn't watched yet are all the special features and stuff like that. And um, so I stuck on the first disc, and it's like four and a half hours worth of special features. I think they're called the appendices. And they had a section on there about um, Sylvester McCoy because he plays oh. Radagast the Brown, the wizard. Yeah. And it's such an interesting section on there. And I completely forgot that he was in it because I'd only seen it at the cinema and I mm. hadn't watched the Blu-rays yet. Um, and he got to this section and he's so funny. You can see all the cast members um, just sort of looking at each other when he comes onto mm-hmm. the set in his costume and stuff. Everyone's chatting to him and he's just walking past them all. He's not paying attention to what's going on. He just trips over as he goes up onto the little <laughs> set that he's in. And um, one of the... Uh, crew members is like um, has everybody met Sylvester and he just turns around and he's like hello everybody mm. you know in his crazy self and I yeah as soon as I as soon as I um watched that section I was like I've got to watch some McCoy now I've got to watch some McCoy so it's great yeah. so on went the greatest show in the galaxy oh right excellent you know it's, yeah. it's just a great um uh, McCoy story that one but really in McCoy mode whenever I see him like convention clips or I see him in something that's not, you know, necessarily Doctor Who. It's he's just such a cool guy. He is. He's good at conventions. He always goes. He's not one to just sit down and and chat. He always goes out with his microphone and and talks to the audience and stuff. He's mm. he's quite a character, McCoy. I'd forgotten he was in that until you just mentioned it. Actually, the the Hobbit or whatever it was. Because yeah. yeah. I have seen them all. I'm not. I can't say I'm a fan because I just find them a bit hard going. But um, but I do watch them at cinema because they're mm. quite epic, you know. Yeah. I, I, I like Gollum. You like Gollum? <laughs> I always just sit there waiting for him to come on the screen. Like, oh, when's Gollum coming into it? <laughs> Hello, precious. <laughs> um, yeah. and nothing else. Oh, I did manage to get over to the Who shop. Oh, did you? At the weekend, oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, had some more fun and games with. Uh, you didn't try taking a photo, I, I hope. With uh, Mrs. No, no, it wasn't me. It was somebody else getting a good old. Uh, oh right, yeah. roasting. And I said to my wife before we went in there, I said, "Right, let's take a bet, shall we? Uh, um, a fiver on somebody getting a good old telling off." Yeah. And she was like, "No, it's not that bad." Uh, so I comfortably walked out of there with a fiver. <laughs> which is good um it was just one of those typical um the the person they must have been a who shop newbie yeah because the know. first thing they did when they walked through the doors get their phone out yeah and, and what was she the was she was the, w- the woman who owns it bless her she was she hurdled over that counter at the speed of light <laughs> she was right over there no 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 absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> and this poor girl, she looked like she'd been back, you know, looked like she was back at school, getting wow. a good old telling off by the headmistress. Mm, no photos. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I picked up a, some stuff there, though. I've got a couple of T-shirts. Um, I've got this book. I think you've got it, mate. It's called the um, uh, the the Doctor Who Graphica book. It's like a yes, full it's a of bizarre like, book. Yeah. Yeah, it looks cool. We it saw it in cool. Forbidden Planet, didn't we, a few weeks back? Mm. Uh, so I picked that up because it was quite cheap in there, which is usual because the markup is sometimes quite high in there. But this was all mm. right, actually. 
Um, I got a new um, sonic screwdriver bottle opener. No, um, wow. Because I couldn't find our one in the house. Yeah. So I've now got a 11th Doctor sonic bottle opener, which is really cool. Um, yeah. And um, I picked up a couple of little figures to go on the shelf as well, just the little very small toy ones. I've got um, the uh, Vashta Narada figure to go with the Ood and the Pyrovile uh, figure. Yeah. Yeah, I know the ones you mean. Those little funny shaped things. Yes, and a couple yeah. of other bits that my memory escapes me now. But yeah, oh, that's uh, only one thing you did get from there. I saw you post it on um, Instagram. Was the the Poppy Tardis pin, which oh, yes. I thought was yeah. was gorgeous. Yeah, I love really nice little thing to have that. Yeah, that was really. I didn't even see mm. it actually. Um, I, I assume it was from there, was it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't even see it or pay for it. It was my wife that um, that saw it at the counter when she was paying for mm. her stuff. And um, she just came over. She was like, I've got this. I was, I was blown away. It's really nice little. Um, Lovely. Yeah. yeah. Really nice little unusual thing to have. Hmm. Yeah. So that was cool. Did, a little trip to the Who shop. Did they have the malice? I bet no. you forgot to look for me. They I didn't did, have it. I did look. They don't have it. Uh, no. Uh, uh, I looked why in did both, I get the malice? I looked in both cabinets. Um, <laughs> yeah. They just don't have uh, the malice anymore. <laughs> I was really close to buying another um, Robert Harrop figure. I was really tempted to get Which the Sutek figure. Oh, yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming the only ones I have are the ones out in the cabinet. And uh, oh, had, well. yeah, and he had like a little nick on his shoulder. So I didn't want to get that because they obviously were charging full price. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good so stuff. It's always fun in games uh, going out to the Who shop. Um, once again, I'd like to caveat, caveat my uh, previous uh, comments by saying that it is a very good shop. It's oh, a it's great a awesome shop. shop. Yes, I yeah, don't want to put yeah. anyone off going there just because um, they have some kind of uh, uh, they've had a referendum there about you know photographic policies and all the rest of it. it. It's great. Just be wary of walking in with your phone out. That's it and stuff like that. But it's cool. Yeah, good shop. So another exciting week mm. for us too, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it, does, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. I think I'm. Um, I think divorce are on the cards for me okay. <laughs> quite seriously my my partner is getting really fed up by saying what are we doing this weekend and me saying oh i've got a doctor who thing on this weekend <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't stop there because this coming weekend um i'm going to london again because noel clark uh, aka mickey is doing a signing in fp yes. um so i'm going to go to that and as if that wasn't enough one the one person i have is like right at the top of my list of people I'd love to meet is doing a signing at Westminster, which isn't that far from FP. I'll be blitzing on the old tube. And that person is Bernard Cribbins. So I'm really hoping um, this Saturday I get to meet Noel and Bernard on the same day, which would be immense. So the roller coaster just keeps going, mate. It does. It never ends. It never ends. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's what we've been up to. Mm. We hope you guys have had a good week as well. Mm. Always try and find something to do. Yeah. With our Time Lord friend. Even if it's just sticking on something, an old classic, or digging out the box sets, or a big finish. I don't know about you, but I have to have something Doctor Who going on throughout the week. Definitely. I get quite depressed, actually, when we get, you know, because I've got a feeling in December there'll be nothing. I've got lots going on the next two weekends, and then I've got a feeling it'll be, we'll be just, it'll be Christmas, and that'll be it. Um, Yeah, and you get withdrawals, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we've got DVDs to indeed. keep us company. Right, mm. shall we land this puppy? Yes. Start doing some news. Okay. 
One bit of news this week, and it's very sad. It is. It's heartbreaking. Extremely sad. So the Doctor Who experience is to close next summer. Um, Yes, BBC Worldwide have confirmed that the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff is to be shut down and destroyed. (sighs) Um, so, well, <laughs> I think they're just put into storage, but yeah, it's a bit extreme. But, um, yeah. so the lease on the building, uh, which was a five year lease apparently, is up this mm-hmm. summer, this summer coming 2017, and there are no plans to renew that lease. So, as no. a result, the um, the experience is soon to be no more. It is sad. I saw this come up on Twitter and I couldn't I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, no, surely not. Because um, even if it moves somewhere else, you know, even if they move it back to London or, or wherever, that it feels like it's natural home being on the Cardiff Bay. Because it's like a, yeah. a stone's throw from where they actually film the show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they obviously sometimes throw in the um, TARDIS set tour when mm-hmm. they're not filming. So it's like right next door to the actual studio with the TARDIS setting. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm gutted, genuinely gutted. Because even though I've been, um, me and you are always saying, well, they're changing it, they're putting new stuff in, they're always keeping it fresh. And uh, we're always talking about going back, aren't we? So I'm just thinking, well, better get down there because when does it actually close? Is uh, it summer next year? Yeah, it doesn't say exactly. It just says right. um, uh, just says summer 2017. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking, what, July, August time at yeah. the latest? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's extremely sad for a couple of reasons. One, like you say, its natural home is Cardiff. Um, um, the, the company that runs the experience, which I think is linked to BBC Worldwide, have said that there are no plans to relocate it anywhere. So all of the mm-hmm. stuff we assume is just going to go into some container somewhere. Yeah. Um, which is a shame, but also it's a massive tourist pool for Cardiff. Mm. You know, one of the cool, well, if you speak to anyone that's, um, that's going on a trip to Cardiff, um, especially, you know, who fans, but just, you know, fans of sci-fi in general, one of the things that's always on the list to do, is the Doctor Who experience, and um, it's just such a great. I mean, you and you know, we've you know gone on about this a few times in the past. That mm. it really is a great place to just get lost in for oh, you know yeah. a good few hours, and um, it's a purpose. You know, the the building itself is built for the experience, so it's catered for it. It's, you know, it's just heartbreaking. You know, to read that it that it's going to close, um, especially mm. as we're going into a new era of Doctor Who. So yeah. once we get series, after the Christmas special, what is it next year? Series 10. 10, The yeah. Moth's last one, yeah. So there's bound to be a load of new stuff coming out of series 10, but, you know, quite exciting after that is all the new era stuff that we're going to get from the Chibnall era. So mm. you would expect them to be quite excited about adding new stuff and changing it and updating it and so on. But, yeah, it's um, they obviously feel that it's not – It's maybe it's a financial thing, I don't know. Um, yeah, but I think they did have a lot of help from Cardiff Council. They actually, um, you know, like I said, they put that building up especially for it, and they leased it. I'm assuming a bit of a discount because it would rake in so much tourism um, for the city. But 
yeah, don't know if it's a financial thing or I don't know what they're going to put in its place. Who knows? But we don't. Know. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of ins and outs of why. I mean, I, it could be you know that somebody's offered money for that plot of land and it's more than than they can afford to to renew the lease. There could be loads of reasons, but it is a shame. And you know, you're saying about putting stuff into storage. I just keep thinking about, for example, the fourth Doctor's console was was added recently, wasn't it? And yeah. they really carefully spent time you know mending it and restoring it and i just think oh what a shame all this hard work that's gone into you know restoring these lovely props that some of them i mean you look at the yeti costume for example you know how long has that been in storage and they've carefully you know restored it the best they can and it's just such a shame to think of them just going back into storage yeah. uh, you know um but it, I, I hope it I hope it's we haven't seen the last of it. It's a it is a fantastic place to go. Um, if anyone listening hasn't been and you get the chance, please do go because, it, like you said, you for Doctor Who fans, you can you I could spend the whole day in there. Literally, I could just walk round it and round it. And it, there's it, it's just a Doctor Who fans dream. I think. Oh yeah, of course. So, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. So, so I hope hopefully, yeah. I hope it does find a new home. I really do. Um, I. Even though it's quite far for me and you to go, I I sort of want it to stay in Cardiff. I feel that's its natural home, mm-hmm. you know, or, or or Wales or you know somewhere there. But um, but yeah, wherever it goes, I'd, I hope it survives. Yes, yeah. and just want it is good. Yeah, I just want to echo what you said there. We've um, mm. every time that we talk about it on the show, we do say um, if you haven't been to it yet, mm. then absolutely try and go. But this is even more important now. If you haven't been to it, don't leave it and leave it and leave it because it will fly around before you know it will be mid next year. And I don't want to see loads of tweets and Facebook messages saying, oh, I should have gone, it's now closed, mm-hmm. you know. So get your asses over there. Um, there yeah. is a petition, though. Well, lastly, there is a, an online petition that's been set up, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is uh, obviously titled Save uh, Cardiff's Doctor Who Experience. Um, they need 6,000 signatures, and they're up to 5,035. Um, so if you get over there and, and pop your name down, um, then that might help in a way. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. so if you just go to, um, if you just do a search for, um, save Cardiff's Doctor Who experience petition, you'll see it on there. I think it's the only one on there at the minute at the 38 degrees website and there's a Twitter account as well, but, um, that might help, you know, mm. sometimes these things sort of fall on deaf ears, but hopefully get your name on there, get enough signatures. It might help. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that's all the news we have. Um, some merch. Mm. Some merch is waiting on the other side of the door with those bloody Daleks. <laughs> merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. First bit of news, uh, bit of merch is absolutely awesome. This is very pretty, isn't it? To quote the Tenth uh, Doctor, it is very pretty. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we've spoken about the power of the Daleks a lot recently, um, and we were te- we were speaking over the last couple of weeks about how we were very distraught that there was no Blu-ray announced mm-hmm. because this absolutely should be in high definition. Definitely. And yep. um, they they did say that the um, that the Blu-ray would finally come a bit later than a DVD, but it'd be with us in February. So I cancelled my DVD pre-order and pre-ordered the the Blu-ray off Amazon, which is all fine and dandy. And then um, 
I think you might. I think I might have seen your tweet actually, mate. Yes, I was this. hot off the press on this one. Yeah, and they've released. Uh, well, they're going to release a special edition steelbook, mm. um, which looks absolutely just amazing. The artwork on it is really, really good. So, what's I, the artist's yeah. name? I know you you often tweet him and stuff. What's his name? Uh, Will Brooks. Oh, it's not who I was thinking of. I thought it was someone else. Um, I'm sure it's Will Brooks. Yeah, I was thinking it was. You know, the guy who did all the Ninth Doctor posters um i thought it was him oh no no yeah i well i oh, sorry no it's not wilbrook sorry that's a complete mistake his name's Stuart manning that's the man yeah Stuart manning yes um uh and he's done this really nice like uh almost retro style uh mm. looking uh design and stuff which is really nice like a really shouty sort of purpley color with uh peaches and everything it looks really really good um so i cancelled my second pre-order for that blu-ray and have now pre-ordered this one so I'm hoping that they don't now announce some other special edition thingy that's yeah. got some thing with it, like the soundtrack special edition bundled with it and all that stuff. Um, but I know you've pre-ordered this as well, buddy. I have, yeah. yeah. I, I was just, well, as soon as I saw this, I was like, is this genuine? Is this real? Because it is it is beautiful. I think it's lovely. I love the fact that they're getting so behind this release. Yeah. Um, I would imagine, I think there would have been a lot of pre-orders for the DVD cancelled the day that this was announced. Yeah. I bet Amazon were wondering what on earth was going on. Um, because, yeah, who? no offence, I mean, the DVD's all well and dandy, but this is just something else. It's, it looks great. Yeah. You get the you do get a DVD with it, don't you? So it's Blu-ray and DVD yeah, in a steel book, yep. um, which comes with the black and white version and the colour version. So it's just a, I mean, it's just a must-have release, I think. I think it's fantastic. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I think hopefully the release date doesn't go back. I think it's scheduled for February next year. That's right. Um, so, yep. yeah, I'm looking forward to getting this. Price-wise, it's about, uh, I think it was £22.99 when I ordered it, which could go up, could go down. That's the, that's the current sort of rough price for it. Um, but other, I noticed a few other stores have started getting it. So I wondered if this was an Amazon exclusive to begin with, a bit like the Series 9 one, but I don't think it is. I think like Zavi and other stores have started to get it as well. So, yeah, it'd be worth just having a look around, see which, you know, to find the best price. But it seems to be around about the sort of £22 mark, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Around 20, yeah, just over 20 could, which is um, fairly good for um, uh, a double pack. So you're essentially mm. getting three versions of it, the DVD and then the black and white and the color versions in high depth. Mm. So, um, But the artwork, it's worth it for the artwork, artwork alone. It's going to look really nice, something different, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, The Power of the Daleks, the special edition steelbook, you can get it off Amazon. And it hasn't been confirmed yet, but I did. Somebody did tell me. You know, last week we were upset that the surviving footage was going to be a BBC store only. We were saying, "Oh, well, that that should be on the DVD." Somebody, I have seen a few tweets that saying that's now going to be included, but I don't. It hasn't been confirmed, but I hope so. So I'm hoping right, we get right. everything on it because, uh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Right. In other merch news, uh, it's getting to that time of year <laughs> when we put calendars. Uh, we get next year's calendar ready um and there's quite a lot of doctor who ones out there already i i was in a shopping center only a few days ago and i managed to find one two three four variations of doctor who calendars and i picked one up which was really nice but this one that i'm talking about today is something a little bit special actually and i, I am definitely going to get this it's um by who dares is the company it's uh andrew skeletta i think i'm saying that right target art calendar yes and basically what this is it's a calendar for next year and it features the artwork of andrew skeletta um and these are like the classic series 
novelization covers, um, which for anyone that's seen them will tell you are gorgeous. I mean, they sometimes look, you know, sometimes haven't quite got the face right or whatever, but it kind of adds to the charm. There is something really, really nice about these, these particular covers. So it's a great calendar. This, um, it features pictures from the covers of worry of the deep, Warriors of the Deep, The Invasion, Twin Dilemma, unpublished version, it says, Mind of Evil, Frontius, Nightmare of Eden, The Two Doctors, Legopolis, The Daemons. Is that you said? Daemons, yeah. Yep. Unearthly Child. So there's loads, loads of loads mm. of original covers in this calendar. Um, I love it. I'm I'm definitely I haven't pre-ordered this yet, but I'm definitely gonna get this. I don't know about you. It looks awesome, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. yeah. And there's something about the target covers that Yeah. I don't know, it's they just big it, just because the artwork just looks so um, of its time, it's got such a lovely charm about it. Yeah, yeah. it's not like um, you know, it isn't it's not definitely not a modern look that you would see for any of like any of the new calendars or any DVD covers or anything like that. It's got such a lovely old style um, uh, feel to it. It's just such they're so nice to look at as well. Um, mm. The Yeti one looks really good, even though it doesn't look you know, exactly like the Yeti from the yeah, program. Exactly, it looks yeah. great. Um, but there's a lovely one of um, the TARDIS, which I'm assuming is in the, um, uh, it, it looks like it's just in an old alleyway um, surrounded by other uh, bits and bobs. It might be Totter's Lane, I'm not sure, but um, it looks really nice. If it's the one I'm thinking of, yeah, yeah. I think it's the Unearthly Child cover. Um, so it's an A3 size. Uh, I think the retail price for it is $19.95. Um, and you can get it from the Who Dares website, which is www.who, what do you call that middle? Hyphen. hyphen is it just hyphen? Mm-hmm. Who-dares.co.uk. Um, it's, yes, yeah, well worth having a look at. I'm, I'm going to pre-order this uh, for sure. Bizarrely, actually, I've just, because <laughs> this this company's been around for a while, actually, mm. um, Who Dares. Um and bizarrely, I just got one off eBay from years ago. I'm trying to think which year it is now. Uh, but it's, it's a very similar thing that came out about 20-odd years ago. Um, and it's just gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous uh, from the same company. So they've obviously been around for a while. They have been I think around. it's the 25th yeah. anniversary one I, I've just got. I should know. I just I saw it cheap on eBay, and I mainly bought it because of the because of the beautiful pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think when I opened it yesterday, it's the 25th anniversary calendar. So, yeah, really nice stuff. Excellent. Yeah. I think we're going to do there for merch. Yeah. Um, right, we're going to spend just a few minutes um, with our ongoing class review. Uh, so we're going to talk about episode yes. four, is it? Yes. Four, yeah. Four. What's it? Co-owner of a Lonely Heart. Right. The science has failed. You have made things worse. Your Majesty, I have not yet finished. Yes, you have. Our heart is strong. My heart is strong. It fights back like mine used to. It fights back. It always has. April, don't! Why not? He tried to take his life and ours with it. Why shouldn't I finish the job? Because that's not what April would do. Majesty, please, if you would only let You have no idea what I would do. You have no idea what I'm capable of! I know exactly what you're capable of. But you are April because you choose not to do it. You told me you wouldn't let him break you. And I won't. I'll break him instead. April, April, no, please. Don't do this. 
very intense stuff this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeedy. Right, episode four. Um, I will say that um, I enjoyed parts of this this one slightly more than I have done up to now. I thought this was a better character story than the one we had with Ram. Um, uh-huh. I thought April had some pretty good acting chops on her, actually. There was a few moments where she was really going for it. That didn't hold back. Um, and I quite it's I quite like the um the two in and throw in between what she was doing and the Shadow King was doing, where that sort of they mirrored each other. That was quite clever. Um overall, um it's still oh god, I hate it's a negative. It's still not really grabbing me. You know, as a, as as I'd like it to, I was hoping that with this episode having a new direct, a different director than we've had mm. in the first three, I thought it would maybe change things up slightly and we'd get a slightly different looking episode and so on. But no, it's just it's very typically it just seems it's par for the course <laughs> with class. Mm. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to get that out there. What do you reckon, mate, on this one? I thought it was absolutely dreadful. Right. right, appalling. <laughs> I can't. I'm. I'm. I, I'm almost I lost. I, I thought it was just awful. I, I was just sat there. Just uh, the bits that were supposed to be dramatic, like that <laughs> clip you were playing. At, I thought the acting was so atrocious. I was just laughing at it. Um, I, I, no, I'm sorry. I thought it was. I thought it was awful. I, the, the whole. Oh God. That just. There's just. I've just got very little positive to say about this. I'm afraid because I've been kind of going along with class up to this point and i think i've been trying to be very positive and and i enjoyed episode one i kind of liked episode two i thought episode three had potential but this just yeah i was bored i thought the acting was awful i thought the sex scenes between the the aliens or the shadow kin being mirrored with the humans (laughs) and the dialogue was absolutely <laughs> atrocious. It, it was, to be fair. Yeah. I, I just, honestly, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not even going to apologise for being negative because I genuinely felt it was dreadful. So, yeah. that's yeah, that's what I thought of it. No, I'm feeling you. Yeah, I think, um, like I said, there was moments that I quite liked in it. I thought um, the, the, the actress, I can't remember who plays um, April now. Um, Sophie. Yeah, I think, um, I think she had a couple of really good scenes. I thought her she would really put herself into it. You could tell that she wasn't, you know, holding back in any way. Um, however, yeah, like you, mate, I do feel that overall it's just not really hitting the mark like we were hoping it would do. Um, and it's also another another episode where, within the first few minutes, you feel that it's going to be a, a pretty good story and a pretty good episode, but then it just it doesn't get going. Like we said last week, it's missing that extra couple of gears getting yeah. going you know well i thought maybe because it's a two-parter they were sort of trying to you know um let scenes breathe perhaps with it you know um but yeah it was pretty slow i thought yeah. there was there was times when literally nothing was happening yeah uh, and miss quill wasn't that great she had a quite quiet episode oh, this one oh, didn't she i normally like miss quill yeah um she normally manages to to get me through an episode, even if I'm not enjoying it, but even she looked bored yeah. um, this week. Yeah. Um, she wasn't. <laughs> uh, she was still the best thing in it for me. I'm still liking Miss Quill. Uh, to be fair, who's this new? Yeah. Who's this new head mistress? 
yeah, so or whatever that's come into because Mr. Armitage, they suddenly they finally remembered he's dead, so they got this new woman come in. Is she an alien? It well, I assume so because she's aware of what's going on with the the rift in time and space because apparently a petal has fallen through, <laughs> which is now multiplying at an alarming rate um, and biting people. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so I, I assume Killer she is. Petals. Yeah. Yeah, I assume that she is. Um, and just a very sort of tenuous link, um, she starred alongside Christopher Eccleston uh, in the programme The A Word? The the letter? No, hold on. The A. What was that um, programme about autism that was on? It, a few it was The back? A Word, I the think. The A Word, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Chris Eccleston, Doctor Who, she's now in class. Yeah, it all makes sense. Um, but yeah, she's, um, she's very... Uh, mysterious at the moment we don't know yeah. where she's from who she is why she's suddenly the headmistress of coal hill school but um mm. yeah but miss quill was not taken not uh fooled for a minute though was she she you yeah. know miss quill instantly recognized that she, something's not quite right with her um yeah i just uh, the thing is i last week um although i found the story quite slow I did say that the acting was good because I felt it was. I thought the, the guy playing the dad was good. I thought the actual cast were really good. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that at all this week. Um, I just felt it was a real step back. Um, and to me, episode one of class, I, I remember saying I like this world that had been created. I love this little gang of characters. I thought they were good. You know, And I instantly sort of warmed to them. Mm-hmm. Um, where I'm at now with, with class is that I feel that world's just falling apart around me. I've, we've got this blimming crack in the school that just every <laughs> week just lets something different through. Um, the characters are all becoming shouty and, to be quite frank, unlikable. Some of them, not all of them, but some of them. So <laughs> to me, I'm I'm starting to... I mean, I will keep watching this because I do... Don't get me wrong, I do like elements of it. But for me, this this episode just started to feel tired and we're at it's only episode four um and i just i'm already starting to starting to dislike some of the characters and just find it a really tired format but every time i see that crack in the school i'm just like oh <laughs> you know it feels yeah. too contained and i don't know it, it, it's just it's a shame actually because i was so on board with this w- when it started um but yeah th- this episode d- just didn't do a lot for me uh in terms of that and funnily enough I've spoken to a couple of people because, again, um, I've seen a lot of positive reaction to this mm-hmm. online. A lot of fans have thought it was brilliant, which is which is great. Um, I'm glad they're enjoying it. But I've also spoke to some fans that, um, well, friends, actually, not just fans that want to be negative. But I spoke to some friends that have, have was like, do you know what? This is the episode I actually switched off halfway through. I had one person say that. And, and also another one uh, who's a good friend of ours um, said he... he he's done he's done with the series he just thought Mm -hmm. this episode was so bad um yeah he he just can't be doing with it and although i'm not at that point i can appreciate why why they've said what they've said so yeah i had had the same thing mate had a couple of people um uh message me on facebook um yeah and one of one of our particular buddies did say i think i'm done with glass now but okay let's what was going on with that sex scene between the two Shadowkin. Well, I mean, it I was think it, absolutely. I think it boils down to so awkward. You know that the it swings both ways. You know she's feeling some of the anger and all the all the stuff 
from him, which is why she, you know, she attacks her dad and she's quite feisty and stuff. But then I think it swings both ways. I think he was feeling some of the emotion that she was going through with with Ram. Mm. So I think that was what it boils down to. But yeah, it was quite crappy to watch. It wasn't done particularly well, and the dialogue was shockingly bad. The dialogue, to, to be honest with you, that that's my biggest thing with this week's episode is how bad the dialogue was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought, um, but also we keep getting elements added in. Like last week, we had the robot. Was it last week or the week before? We had the robot teacher at the mm-hmm. back of the room, or inspector. The inspector. Supposed yeah. to be. Now yeah. that hasn't. We haven't come back to that yet. Um, no. I don't know if we're going to, or if that was just thrown in to, to pad the episode. Yeah, this week sure. we got these killer petals that are sort of another sub <laughs> storyline that's just sort of there. And it looks from, from next week's trailer, it looks like that's all going to kick off. But um, we sort of keep getting these things thrown in, but they don't seem to gel with the rest of the story. It almost feels yeah. like very clunky. You know? Yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. It's um, it, it needs to, um, well, I'm not, I'm not, saying it needs to because there's obviously a lot of people that really like it so that's great so it's wrong to say that it needs to change this and it needs to do that because it's hitting the mark with people which is great i would just yeah i was just hoping that it would be a bit more varied and not so contained and a bit more you know pushing the boundary a little bit because at the moment it really is living up to my initial fears before it went live and that was it's it's just too very it's just generic sci-fi. Mm. It just happens to be set in the universe of Doctor Who, um, you know. So it, I was just hoping it would push things a bit more because it's got the perfect opportunity to do that. You know, it's an yeah. an adult show. It's not. It's obviously not shackled too much by the main Doctor Who show. It's doing its own thing pretty much. You know, it's BBC Three Online. It doesn't have to conform to, you know, um, a pre-watershed or a watershed thing. You can watch it anytime. So they've got the perfect opportunity to really push things and, and try new things out, but it just seems too generic at the minute. Mm. Well, we'll see where we go with episode two, but yeah, for me, this didn't work. I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm, I know there was a lot of positive reaction out there. I am pleased that fans are enjoying it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm kind of sat on that fence again now, just watching and wander off, wondering what I'm missing. Cause, uh, yeah, I really didn't enjoy it. Um, have you, have you got anything else to say on it before we score it? Um, no, not really. There isn't no. really much else to say. It's uh, yeah. I'm I'll be honest. I could I could go on and on and on, but I'm yeah. not going to because I don't want to bore our listeners anymore. But um, go on, yeah. what's your... what, what would you? Oh, um, well, I'd give it a three out of ten. A three. I'd give it a four. Okay. Yeah. Um, just because I liked um, I liked April Sophie Hopkins. I thought she was pretty good in it, but uh, fairly lacklustre everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hope next week's is better. I'm liking the look of the the world that they jumped through at the end. Mm-hmm. So I am hoping that I'll enjoy this this week's or next week's this week's a little bit more. This yeah. week's, yeah, episode five yeah. it'll be, wouldn't it? That's it. Yeah. Yes, which is um, what's episode five going to be called? It's uh, Brave Heart, Strong Heart, or something. One Brave of Hearts, Egan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, we will wait to see what that one pulls out the bag. Mm-hmm. but uh yeah still send us your thoughts in class be interested to see what you guys think um because yeah we're obviously not seeing some of the stuff that people that love it are seeing but mm. there we go right on to our main review then yeah so change change my dear from the looks of things on a moment too soon 
<laughs> what are we doing this week, buddy? Well, that must be Colin Baker. Uh, Six Doctor Story, Attack of the Cybermen. Destroy her. Destroy her at once. Wait! Let's discuss this, shall we? Uh, I agree. There is nothing to discuss. If you want my cooperation, she must live. We cannot agree to bargain, Doctor. It would be unfortunate if you were to be killed. But we should still have your TARDIS. Not anymore, you don't. In precisely 20 seconds, you and it will cease to exist. Release the woman. How do I know you won't cheat and change your mind? You have my word. I'm not sure that's enough. Also, that of the cyber controller. Well, he was destroyed. No, nearly damaged. Where is he now? On our home planet, tell us. Doctor! What uh, the old lovely sound effects there from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, Attack of the Cybermen then. This was a two-parter mm. uh, back in January 1985. Yeah, kick-started Colin's first proper series, didn't it? Because bizarrely, we got the twin dilemma at the end of Peter's series yeah and so this was like the first episode in colin's run his first proper mm. one yeah and um mm. they were two episodes of 45 minutes long yeah which i actually quite like mm. i quite like that um obviously depending on the story as long as the story keeps mm. you entertained um yeah i thought that was pretty good um uh, directed by uh matthew robinson and written by paula moore uh which is actually paula walsley uh, overseen by eric saywood yeah, it's bizarre. I always in my head, I always think Eric Sayward wrote this story. Uh, for some reason. Well, I think isn't that there's some there's a lot of confusion actually, isn't there? Mm. Which has never ever been ironed out over time <laughs> over who actually wrote this. Because yeah. um, Paula, who's the person credit on screen? Paula Moore is Paula it? Moore. Yeah, Paula Moore, who's really called Paula Wolseley. Yeah, uh, is the author. Um, Kit, Kit Peddler and Gary, Gary Jerry Davis are the creators of Simon. Eric Sayward kind of put his bit in Stamp now and again it. Yeah. had it yeah padded it out and and wrote quite a lot of it i think um and also uh john Le- no not john levine ian levine <laughs> be funny if john levine was involved as well but <laughs> ian levine also um has taken credit for a lot of the story over the years as well mm. and i don't think any of them can quite agree on who who actually wrote what so it seems like there was a lot of fingers in a lot of pies in, 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 in when it comes to the writing of this one. Indeed, yeah. It's, yeah um, we'll never know, I don't think. It also caused a lot of problems, I think, when they tried to release it on video or maybe do I can't remember now because of all this confusion over who who wrote it. But, yeah. It sounds like it was a, 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 a convoluted team effort. Yeah. And like you say, nobody can decide really who should get proper credit for it. But it was a, yeah, a bunch of people wrote it essentially yeah. but a it, brainstorming session yeah but it was officially credited as paula moore mm. aka paula Wolseley. <laughs> uh yes yeah, so the um plot for this one is fairly simplish um the doctor is fresh off of his um uh <laughs> um fairly wacky regeneration in which mm. he tried to um strangle uh poor old perry yeah. In the previous story, so he's um he's fresh um from that sort of crazy 
initial regeneration and uh perry is still a little bit uh you're not right you're not right you need to take it easy and stuff he's having none of it uh trying to repair the um the chameleon circuit on the tardis which has hilarious results um <laughs> and they end up uh landing in uh oh, crikey in um the junkyard <laughs> uh, totters lane uh, totters uh, totters lane yeah um and they get wrapped up in this um, ongoing um, story where the Cybermen are in the underground tunnels um, uh, who are plotting plotting to uh, take over the Earth. Um, and as a sub-story, we have um, uh, the, the guys on Telos who are sort of part converted into Cybermen. They're hatching a plan to escape from the planet and destroy the Cybermen there as well. Um, and the Doctor and Perry just sort of get caught up in it and... Um, we also get um, we also get the lovely on-screen um, <laughs> actions of the other alien race in this, which is the cry. I mean, the cryons, <laughs> the, the cryons. Yes, um, and as I understand it, the cryons, their home planet of um, their home planet of Mondas. No, I thought they were. No. I thought they were Telos. Aren't they the people who were on Telos before the Cybermen? Oh, sorry, yeah, my mistake. Took over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, the Cybermen, um, their original homeworld, Mondas, was destroyed, and then they took over Telos, forcing the Cryons to uh, to do the off. That's it. Or going to hide. So, yeah. 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 Um, so uh, yeah, Attack of the Cybermen. It's um, yeah, we we don't really speak that highly of Colin, and uh, at certain occasions, do we? A lot of his stories mm. can be a little bit. Um, Grim. A little bit grim, to say the least. Um, it's not to say that we're not fans of Colin. We do like Colin. We love Colin. him on Big Finish. Oh, on Big Finish, he's amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, so we do like Colin. He's often referred to as one of the, uh, you know, you know. it's quite ironic that I'm going to talk about lists now because Colin Baker absolutely hates <laughs> lists, but he doesn't yeah. often appear in the top half of people's lists when we're talking about favourite eras of Doctor Who, favourite Doctors, mm. favourite classic stories, and so on. Um, but uh, having said that, I think this one is a really good story. Mm -hmm. Considering some of the other stories of his era are, are, are quite a bit weaker. Yeah. Um, and it does feel like a proper classic Doctor Who story as well. It's got some great um, sort of basic sets, real basic effects and... Um, stuff like that. There are a couple of niggles that I've got with it, but overall, I think it's um, I think it's a good classic story, and I actually quite like Colin in this one. Mm. I think he does a, I think he gives a really good performance. What do you think, mate? Overall, um, yeah, I. It's funny because I have to be in the right mood for a Colin episode. He's not like some of the <laughs> other Doctors where I can just put him on and I don't know. He's always harder to watch. I think you have to concentrate more, um, and they're always darker and grittier. So, like, say so I have to be in the right mood for a Colin story. Um, haven't watched this one for a while, but I actually quite enjoyed it on this watch. Mm -hmm. So I must have been in the right mood because I'm sure I've put it on before and not really enjoyed it that much. Um, but watching it again yesterday, um, I have got a few issues with it, but I do mm. actually quite like it. I agree with you. It's got, I, I enjoyed episode one an awful lot, actually. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed, I thought episode one was a lot stronger than I remembered. I thought it was really good. Um, but I do think there's, yeah, there are some, some issues with it. It's funny because it, it picks up, um, it picks up straight after the twin dilemma, but actually there was quite a gap, wasn't there? Um, twin dilemma aired in like March, 1984, 
yeah. then this one aired in January 2005. So there was quite a wait. 2005? Uh, so, not 2005, Crikey. 1985. 1985. I know we're a bit timey-wimey sometimes, but <laughs> yeah. blimey. Ooh, lost it. <laughs> um, yeah, January 1985. So, yeah, you know, they had a just under, under a year to, to wait to see this new Doctor. So it's quite interesting that they're still talking about events from twin dilemma in it like his regeneration and stuff just as if it was yesterday yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and also i noticed those awful monitors that were in the twin dilemma are in this they're and back they're, just, yeah. they're back they've yeah. removed the little zigzag ziggy stardust stripe from them and they've just shoved them in a corner and so yeah i know what you mean about sets but but no actually i think i do think the story is quite good um they there is a bit of what i suppose you might call fan service they do throw a lot of things in there like the at totter's yard and and all that um which uh serves no purpose at all um which it just seems mm-hmm. to be there just for the sake of saying oh look we're back at totter's yard um scrapyard is totter's yard isn't it or totter's lane sorry totter's lane yeah totter's lane yeah. yes scrapyard um so yeah there's things like that which i just don't get as well um but but overall yeah i, I thought it did have a good good dark hmm. atmosphere to it um and I, I did overall quite enjoy it, actually. Yeah, hmm, it's good. Um, let's talk about some story and direction and stuff then. Mm. Uh, story-wise, like we said, it's a pretty strong story, especially episode one. Yeah, very um, good. And I like the fact that we don't get the Cybermen shoved in your face early on, mm. which is good um, because we see obviously somebody getting killed in the sewer system quite early on, but you know. It is a Cyberman that's that's killed that person. We see like the Cyberman's point of view, like that electronic green uh, hue over the screen and stuff. And you see the guy yeah. screaming. So we know it's a Cyberman, hence the name of the story. But we don't explicitly see all that stuff. It's sort of left to our imagination to in in our minds to make up how the Cyberman killed that guy. <laughs> Mm. Um, it's quite good actually seeing it lurking in the sewer isn't it that's what i liked about this in the first episode um they are kind of well the cyberman's actually is he is he dirty or is he i don't know he looks dark the cyberman it's like a sewer cyberman isn't it he's not like shiny silver like the rest well they're they're in like the very they're almost black very dark gray suits Mm. they're called the cyber scouts i like because i liked that I thought that was good. And you just sort of see him creeping around mm-hmm. in the shadows and you can just about make out the, you know, the, the shape of the, the head and that. So you see, ah, oh, yes, Cyberman. But it is mm. great when they finally do that, that wall sort of pulls back and they're there and they finally sort of burst through. I thought, yeah, you know, like we were saying with the Crotons the other week, I said they sort of show little bits of them and you almost feel like it's going to be a big reveal and then that never happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this did it right. You sort of see them lurking in the shadows and then, there is a big reveal like this door <laughs> opens up and there they are full force like yep. it's pretty damn scary as well so mm-hmm. yeah i thought they got that that right yeah, in terms of the keeping the cybermen scary and they are scary in this they are quite like, yeah. they, they really are yeah yeah i like the 80s cybermen and in terms of the look and and everything i think they they are proper i wouldn't mess with them i mean i'd be pretty terrified if i was you know bumped into one the next time i'm in a sewer <laughs> yeah it's cool they've they've still retained that sort of classic look mm. they haven't been uh transmogrified into the iron man-esque oh. uh cybermen that we see today but um i'm not totally sold on the cyber leader's big egg head though I'm not sure about that because i know they're trying <laughs> to do <laughs> i know they're trying to do the 
cyber cyber controller i mean don't know not cyber leader cyber controller yeah yeah i know they're trying to do the <laughs> sort of tomb of the cybermen big yeah bulbous head thing but yeah i'm not sure it's all right it makes him stand out let's put it that way and he also looks like he's eating a few pies yeah um to me he just looked like he'd bonked his head you know, and he's got yeah. swollen. So he's, he's like with those cartoons that he's getting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. he bumped his head coming through the doorway. He's like, oh, crikey, that's going to leave a bump in the morning. And he woke up, he's got this huge dome head. <laughs> yeah. And when you touch true. it, he's like, oh, don't. <sighs> Still sore. Um, but yeah, the Cybermen overall, I would say they're very, very good in this. They've got that scary oh, yeah. element to them, Mm-mm. which is good. Um, and we, it's also. Um, sort of intertwined with this um, other story that we see right from the off with those guys who look like they're planning a bank robbery or something. Yeah. You know, that's what it looks like they're doing. They're planning a robbery because he's asking um, uh, the the main guy, if you like, what's his name, Litton, he's asking them to uh, get hold of explosives and stuff like that. But it's all sort of part of a bigger master plan, isn't it? Because he's one of the people from uh, Telos, isn't he? And he's somehow got himself to earth and he knows yeah. that the he, he's he knows that the cybermen he he's aware of their base on the moon isn't he on the dark side of the moon he seems to know a lot yes um and so he knows that they're there underground and he wants to to get in there and sabotage and all the rest of it but mm. um so that's quite an interesting thing you, you you don't know that up front you think it's just a bunch of criminals who are you know getting themselves into trouble unknowingly but it turns out it's a bit of a bigger plan yeah. Which uh, unfolds uh, more in episode two, which is good. Um, and then we also, yeah, so it's, it is, it has got that classic element where there's a couple of sort of different storylines running through and they all sort of culminate mm. towards the end, um, which is good. And sort of direction wise, um, it, it was sort of on point for what it was, I thought is the best way I can describe it. It didn't do anything crazy, but it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. too boring or anything. It was just what it needed to be it wasn't anything nuts but it's all right yeah because it's matthew robinson the director and he did um he did resurrection of the daleks didn't he mm-hmm. um which also had litten in it um and also had these sort of slightly robotized policemen in it as well so there's quite a there's a <laughs> sort of bit of continuity going on there um i think yeah i much prefer his direction in resurrection i have to say i don't know why there are bits in this where i feel it's not it could have been better, but he still does a pretty decent job. As I said, you know, he does does make the Cybermen very creepy and scary when they're on screen, and he does shoot them well. But then there are other times when I think it's quite um, poorly shot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One one of the one of the scenes I really dislike in this in this story is the sh- there's a shot where um, Russell, I think it is, is shooting a Cyberman in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why, because there is a lot of gratuitous violence in this, um, which I don't like. And But that scene in particular always stands out to me. I don't know why we needed to see this close-up shot of it being shot point blank in the face. It really, to me, feels A, badly shot, and B, very gratuitous. Like, why do, you know, we, we get it. He's shooting Sidemen. Do we really need to see it point blank range like that? And I, you know, but things like that, I think Matthew, Matthew Robertson could have perhaps... Uh, directed better um because I, I just i just particularly dislike that that scene uh, mm. i think it's horrible yeah uh, i mean there's a few bits in this which are pushing the boundaries um back you know back then i thought 
Um, yeah, well, let's talk about some of that stuff then, because it's quite mm. interesting, the, the violence in the, the yeah. Colin Baker era. It all started, didn't it, in the twin dilemma where there was a big uproar about him grabbing Perry round the throat, you know, yes. and he's about to strangle yeah. her and so on. It all sort of started from there, didn't it? And then we had the mm. um, him sort of, well, if you listen to anyone who hasn't, you know, seen it properly, he like picks up a couple of guys by their heads and tosses them into a vat of acid and stuff. It's not really the case, but it all mm. sort of stems from there. And then in this one, uh, yeah, like you say, that close-up shot of that Cyberman getting shot in the face. It know, just feels very gratuitous to is. me, that particular scene. I don't know why we need to see it so point-blank yeah. vivid like that. I mean, there are, yeah, I mean, just quickly go back to Colin's Doctor because you're saying about the violence there. He's very much the action doctor in this, which I quite like. Mm-hmm. Um but he doesn't. There's a bit where he jumps down the manhole, and you hear you can hear this sort of scrap going on down there, where him and the other <laughs> man are clearly having a punch up. But you don't see it on screen, but you hear it. Yeah. And then he pops yeah. up with the Simon uh, with the policeman helmet on his head, which kind of makes it a really nice little scene, <laughs> I thought. But it. But I was sat there thinking. Yeah, this, you know, I can't imagine Peter Davison's doctor going down there and having a fight. Oh, no, 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 no. So, you know, we've got a very different doctor with Colin doing that. And I I quite liked that bit. I thought that was because it sort of had a bit of humor to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then later on, uh, particularly the ending, turns into a blimmin' bloodbath, doesn't it? We've got like, (laughs) um, what is it, needle being shoved in the Simon's arm and all this stuff splurting out. We've got Simon Simon being decapitated. Um, We've got the Doctor shooting them, uh, you know, dead. Um, He is very much the violent Doctor. Um, But uh, but most of the, I have to be honest, most of the the violence I have an issue with in this story aren't to do with the doctor because i actually really thought he was good in this colin i like like the fact that he was getting stuck in mm-hmm. i was thinking yeah you know this is a tougher doctor i mean william hartnell's doctor bashes someone on the head with a skull i think in the, in um the very first serial an earthly child so you know the doctor's always had this element mm-hmm. um so i don't really have a problem with with too much of the doctor's violence in this but i do find some of the other stuff a bit gratuitous like the, you know the cybermen really take a pummeling in this like the head the oh, bits yeah. where the heads yeah. are being bashed off, and um, and obviously there's the scene with Lytton's hands being crushed and all the blood pouring out. I do find the violence over the top in this. Personally, I I of a generation where stuff like that was was just pretty shocking, and I'm surprised that some of it went through back then. Nowadays, kids will be listening to this podcast uh, <laughs> who will just think I'm uh, just a boring old git, and they'll be saying that they probably love it. And I don't really think that's a good thing. I do think we've become very blase to this type of violence and i bet there's you know a younger audience that watch this that just think absolutely nothing of it but you know when i was a kid growing up back then i remember disliking it back when this aired and i still dislike it now i still think it's it's just unnecessary in places i think um and that's the problem i have with colin's era is that it's a bit too dark and gritty for my liking i love you know it's much better when we see stuff in the shadows like you said about episode one it's, mm-hmm. it's brilliantly done you know, it's, we don't sort of see. There's a there's a fantastic scene where the Cyberman appears in front of someone's face, and the guy turns around and screams. And it's it's proper horror, but it's done in a split second, and it's gone. And it's you know, it's, that's the way it should be. So yeah. I don't yeah. like it when we explicitly see things like Cybermen being shot point blank in the face, and and hands being crushed, and stuffs you know heads flying across the screen. So I I find it just a little bit too far. Um, for me personally, anyway, but 
it does add a grittiness to the story. I do think some of it was great, but I do mm-hmm. think there's quite a lot in this particular story that I, th- I was just a bit like, hmm, not sure about that. Now, I remember thinking at the time, I just thought, you know, this was the start of Collins' quite dark and violent, you know, era of Doctor Who. Hmm. Well, then you make some good points, mate. It's definitely, he's definitely one of the darker um, doctors in terms of um, not being afraid to put some violence out there. Mm. which they haven't really done this gratuitously gratuitously mm. previously on on the show. We've had the odd little bit like you say, but they're not afraid to put it in your face. I mean the close but we were talking about the close up shot when the sideman gets, you know, shot in the face. It mm. really is a close up shot. And what, what they didn't have to do that for sure because the the a few seconds before that we see him you know, as that guy falls to the floor, he fall, he shoots the Cyberman and that should be it. Mm-hmm. But then he sort of advances on him and shoots him a couple more times at point blank range and stuff. It feels um, crude, doesn't it? Almost, that, that yeah. Bit. It feels very crude, that scene yeah. to me. And then at the end, like you say, when Lytton's um, uh, sort of shackled up and he's in that process of being converted, but he's still got his sort of mind about him, mm. he stabs the Cyberman, doesn't he, with the, with the needle thing. And then the Doctor's um, sort of, commando rolling around with one of the cybermen guns and he's blowing them to pieces and mm. it, it when you say it like that it doesn't feel like it doesn't sound like a doctor who show because you no. immediately because we've had davison who was much more of a civilized it's a bit like an obi-wan character you know and mm. you know a much more civilized um sort of hero from a more civilized age sort of thing this is very unusual this is very you know, the doctor shouldn't be doing this. You know, he doesn't use guns. He never uses guns. But there's a scene earlier on in the story as well. I think it's at the ep- near the end of episode one where they're hiding in the tunnels and one of the cyber scouts is, you know, coming up the tunnel where they are. And he's got that sonic lance. And he oh, sort yeah, of spins yeah. round and stabs it into the Cybermen, the Cyberman's chest. And then he sort of mm. explodes and lands on the floor. So I'm totally with you, mate. It's, it's definitely... It, definitely feels a bit more forced like they're trying to make a bit of a point like this is a Mm. new era of doctor who and we're going to be doing it this way Mm. so you know if you haven't seen much violence you know you better get used to it because this is how you know this era of doctor who is going to be from now on Mm. it's certainly a lot more in your face isn't it Mm. certainly than i remember it's a yeah so like the scenes on on telos with the cybermen where you know it's one where one's creeping up behind the sand and then all of a sudden he's getting his head whacked off across yeah, the you know because yeah. i remember in 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 the five doctors we get a little bit of that you know we get like the cybermen being sick and arms blown off and that was quite violent as well but something about the colin baker era it feels as i said a bit crude at times the violence i think that's what yeah. it is it's it's handled in a very clumsy way a lot of the time i find because yeah. um, no, you know you can have violence on screen but it it, it, it I think there are ways of doing it which are better mm-hmm. than than just shoving it right in your face and it being there. You know, I know a lot. As I said, a lot of people will love that. A lot of people love all the killings and violence nowadays. But yeah, for me personally, it was just a bit, yeah. bit too much sometimes. Marija. Um So yeah, I mean, sort of story overall, it's got some strong points. It's definitely got some violent points, mm. um, but not a bad Cyberman story overall. With episode for- one definitely being stronger. Mm, for a Cyberman yeah. story, actually, it's it's good. As I said, I, mm. I really quite enjoyed watching this. You know, despite what I've just said, I actually did quite enjoy the story. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that we, yeah, we're going back to Telos and all and, and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. the Doctor gives a bit of a recap of. I love that bit actually <laughs> when when the Doctor looks quite shifty 
when they say, oh, well, yeah. why? Why are they? Yeah. Why are they on Telos? What happened to Mondas? He's like, um, sort of looking at the floor. Ah, yeah. uh, well, oh, Mondas. Let me think. Um, you know, yeah. so that was yeah. quite funny. Um, yeah, but there there is some great stuff going on in this. Don't yeah. don't get me wrong. I, I did did enjoy it. Yeah. Let's talk about mm. some some characters then. Um, mm. Let's talk a bit more about the Cybermen. So we mm. have the Cyber Controller, then we have the regular Cybermen, and then the Cyber Scout. So I thought this was a really good mix of yeah, because there wasn't when we've seen the Cybermen when they've brought them back in newer Doctor Who. There's thousands of them. You know, there's always mm. like literally thousands of Cybermen, and it's almost like you know, they've really encapsulated the proper invasion thing where there's just so many of them in this story. It's cool because there's only a handful, Yeah, you know, and it's just those guys sort of running the show from their little, their cool little underground base with all the mm-hmm. blinking lights that do absolutely nothing, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> um, and I, I quite like it. And the interaction between them is good as well. Um, you know, the cyber controller's obviously got a bit of authority with the big yeah. lump on his head. Um, <laughs> and the other one's doing their best uh, to sort of hunt down the Doctor and so on. Mm. Um, and I thought they were written very well. Like, they're, they're very yeah. calculated, um, very, you know, stuck to the mission, know what they've got to do. Mm. And they I, there's almost that little, because they don't have emotion, you can almost see, though, the little bit of glee in the cyber controller's face when... Lytton tells them that the other alien who's sort of interrupting their mission is the Doctor. Mm. You can almost see, even though they're emotionless, you can see the cyber controller like, yes. Yeah. You know, this is our opportunity to crush the Doctor. You can see it in the in the person who's playing, you know, that Cyberman. You can see his body language. He's like, ha ha. Yeah. I've got you now sort of thing. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, as a Cyberman story, it is good actually. Like um like you just said, I love the fact we get different fractions of Cybermen. So we've got the cyber controller, the cyber leader, you know, just the regular Cybermen, we've got the cyber scouts in the sewers. And also, just to top it all, we've got all the Cybermen that are kind of going a bit wrong. They've been frozen for a bit too long or whatever, and they're all a bit, you know, when they break out, they're all a bit deranged. A bit so balmy. you've got them. Yeah. yeah, a bit balmy. So yeah, it's not just like uh, in the modern series where you just get this barrage of you know a, a thousand side men that have absolutely no personality they are just you know a silver tin pot mm-hmm. um in this one i mean that's something we've lost a bit really isn't it when you think about it because in this you've just hit the nail on the head this they've almost got a personality so you've got the cyber almost. controller yep. you've got the cyber leader you know y- you feel like there's a connect you know there's a there's characters there even though they're just a cyberman there is a character there which we don't really get in the new series do we, we do, you know there's no sort of cyber there i think there was a cyber leader wasn't there in one of the christmas specials or something, was, but, yeah. but you don't get a personality like you do back with these cybermen i think that's why i like them because like you just said, you know, you, you know that there's a bit of glee going on there. That Ah, oh, the Doctor, we know him. Right, let's yeah. sort him out while we're at it uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I, I like the Sidemen in, in this. They are, yeah, they're cracking. Good. Yeah. Um, what about the two guys on Telos? Uh, very, very angry, one of them. He did they should not, have been toned down, yeah. He did not have his cup of tea that morning, did he? No. He was um, very, very angry at everything. He, yeah, I felt he was way over the top. Actually, it's a shame because they could have been, they could have been better. They could have been really good characters. Um, because to be honest with you, uh, when he dies, that guy who keeps shouting all the time, <laughs> I was almost a bit glad, which I'm ashamed to say. Mm. <laughs> but I was like, it kind of deserved it. Just 
Yeah, but no, I thought they they were interesting characters, um, you know, but they didn't they didn't perform particularly well. I thought the guy was just he, the director again should have said to him, right, that's great. We can tell you're angry. Um, <laughs> have you heard of David Collins, by the way? Uh, but, you know, because <laughs> he does a great school of acting, but could you just tone it down a notch? And he would have been great because he's got the right look and everything for that character. Yeah. But he's yeah. just a bit too shouty. I mean, he's really going for it, isn't he? I agree. He's really, Absolutely. really yeah. going for it. He just needed to tone it down a little bit. Just it a smidge. Been, uh, just a smidge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah like you say interesting characters could have mm. you know they are quite um, it was quite a, a good reveal actually when um uh Lytton and what is the other guy is it griffiths played by brian glover the um the, the bold t- guy yeah yeah um they end up on telos don't they and yeah they capture him and they start you know checking him for weapons and stuff and they sort of surprisingly say you know he's flesh and blood and griffiths is like what's going on you know and then he sort of t- takes his sleeve off in his glove and he's got a a, a cyber arm oh that's right yeah that was yeah. quite a good reveal to see that mm. they were sort of part converted they still had their mind and they still wanted to rebel and escape and everything but yeah. they were you know they'd been experimented on already so that was yeah. quite good but yeah like you say just a wee bit too angry even at his mate you know his mate's doing him a favor you know he's like i don't need to get caught up in this you know mm. but he's still yelling at me every two seconds and but quite good though. Quite, quite. Again, the action was quite good. You know, if a, oh, little, it was. Bit, a little bit OTT and times, it was still, mm-hmm. still good. A lot of decapitations going on still. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a, I mean, <laughs> it's a good. I was gonna say it's a good action piece. That I quite like that. There's a good. There is a good shot of, um, like a point of view shot of him running down towards the Cyberman, and yeah, he, when he's yeah. just about to, to to knock his head off. I thought <laughs> it's quite. It's quite well shot. That thing. It's just yeah, the performance I just felt was a bit over the top yeah. from the main actor i don't know what his name was that that guy but he was just a bit too over the top yeah yeah and it was filmed in a good old-fashioned quarry as well of course yes you can't have classic who without a quarry yeah it looks it looks all right actually doesn't it It looks looks quite good as you know as quarries go it does the job i think they've put a few little pipes and things Mm. just to make it look a bit alien but a bit of smoke um weirdly <laughs> enough i didn't i didn't notice it but i did read it on the production subtitles they said if you listened in the background they've tried to drown out with music but um <laughs> you can still hear the birds singing all the, on every scene so they said they really annoyed them apparently when they're filming it because they were it was almost as if the birds were just going off on a tangent you know and they are you can actually as soon as you point it out you're like oh yeah i've not noticed that yeah, well, you yeah. won't do, but yeah, but if you do listen to it, you think, oh, right, I can hear it. But they have done their best to drown them out with the, ah, right. Right. the music. Um, should we just quickly talk about the music? Because it <laughs> is quite prominent, isn't it? it, it oh, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it really adds to the mm. drama. Other times it's just a bit too much. <laughs> it does. You know, um, yeah, it does peak and it has, yeah. I must admit, there were a couple of times where um, I thought, yeah, this is, um, they really want to make the most of the music. Yeah. Um, but at other times, like you say, it was quite fitting and it was, um, it did work. It's quite cool. But yeah. there is that odd moment, though, like you say, where it's just quite loud and. Some of it's, it's like, very loud. Yeah. yeah. You're like, well, yeah, yeah we, yeah. Un- we get it. You know, <laughs> it, it's weird actually because sometimes the music really adds to the scene, mm-hmm. um, and then other times it almost takes you out of it. It, it, it does 
really vary in this. It's almost as if mm. um, who was the composer? Uh, Malcolm Clark. Yeah, it's almost as if he was really excited. He got a new keyboard that had a pitch bend on the <laughs> end of it. It's like because he really uses it. They do. He obviously really likes that that yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's okay, but it does sometimes just it is a bit jarring now and again. Yeah, but that's yeah. you know that's not unique to this story. We've seen that no. lots of times with yeah. Who soundtracks. Yeah, even Murray yeah. Gold soundtracks sometimes can be a bit bit of an assault on the ears, and you can't yeah. hear what they're saying at times and all that. So that's true. Just trademark Doctor Who music, I guess. Um, mm. Let's talk about the guys then, um, the gang that Lytton gets together. Yeah. Um, so Lytton, Griffiths, Russell, and I think the other guy's name Stratton. Or, or Is he the one that gets killed off pretty quick? Yeah, so the two of them end up towards, you know, right through the story, don't they? You end up, you know, pretty much into episode two, which is Lytton mm. and Griffiths, the bald guy. Yeah. Which I'm sure I've seen in some comedy program years oh, ago. Oh, no, he used to be in loads of stuff back in the... Brian Glover. Yeah, yeah he did, he's one he? of those actors yeah. used to pop up in in everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those guys, they were, with the exception of Lytton, I didn't really buy into them too much. They seemed very generic, like, you know, we need a couple of thugs, you know, so let's bring these guys in and get them killed off early. Um, Griffiths, I thought he was okay. There was a couple of minutes, well, a couple of funny moments where he imitates the Cybermen speaking and yeah, and then they sort of put their fists on his head and <laughs> give him That's a headache. Quite fun. Yeah, um, it's quite cool. And <laughs> um, yeah, just he had a couple of. He sort of never let up with that very fearful what the what the hell's going on um, mm. thing, which is quite funny at times. And then Lytton felt really sorry for him at the end. I well, I didn't. You. I never really get. I mean, Lytton's still a bad person. I he never is, get why the yeah. doctor's so so full of remorse at the end. I mean, yes, it does turn out that he's working for the Cryons, not the Cybermen. Yeah. Um, although I still don't understand that. Like, when did he meet the Cryons? Well, like, that must have, yeah, because it turns when out did they, that they set that up. Well, yeah, they weren't extinct after all, were they? They they weren't wiped away from Mondas. Um, and they were. How did he go from the end of walking off at the end of Resurrection? To, anyway, <laughs> I don't um, know. But yeah, but yeah um, Griffiths adds a bit of humour to it, so I quite like him for that. I mean, Brian Glover often played that that same sort of part. Um, and there is some good interaction between him and Lytton, isn't there? I mean, mm. it is good to see Lytton back. I have to say, he it's quite nice to bring his story full circle because, yeah, the last time we see him in Resurrection, he does just wander off, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, yep. He's like one of the few to actually survive mm-hmm. another bloodbath. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it's quite good to see him back. And Morris Colburn is the actor. That's right. Um I think he does a good job. I quite like him because he's shady. You're never quite sure if he's good or bad. As it turns out, he's sort of in the middle because <laughs> he is. Mm. He's still. He's still a bit of a crook, isn't he? A little bit, yeah. Because the doctor's yeah. last line is something like, "Oh, I've totally misjudged him." And I was thinking, well, yes and no. Uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of uh, the way I see it with Lytton's character. It's he's he thinks he's doing the right thing. Mm. You know, he's he's doing some of the wrong things but for the right reasons for him and for, yeah. You know, okay. That's mm-hmm. the way that I justify my liking for him. But I did feel sorry for him at the end because it does look bloody painful, you know, being uh, tied up and having, you know, being converted into Cybermen slowly and painfully. Yeah. Um, and he does kind of come good at the end. He sort of saves the doctor, doesn't he? He enables mm-hmm. the doctor to do his army roles and steal the Cybermen. 
the Cyberman laser gun thing. Yeah. And all that. So he does kind of come good, but he does, yeah, he is, it's difficult. He is sort of a bad guy <laughs> overall, isn't he? He's a um, good character though, isn't he? I, I like, he I like the though. character a little, yeah. and I like the, the actor. I think he plays him really well. Yeah. No, it's mm. good. Mm. Um, and like we said, the other two guys, they get killed off relatively quickly. Well, what about, yeah, what about old Terry Malloy as Russell? Yeah, um, yeah. This, we, normally we're seeing Terry as, you know, playing Davros. So it's, uh, do you know, I'd, I'd completely forgotten he was in it. Me so too. It's, it's really yep. strange because he pops up on screen in episode one. I'm thinking, oh, I know that face. Where, yeah. where, where do I know that face? And, and of course, it comes up as the credits. Oh, of course, it's Terry Malloy. It's Davros, mm-hmm. you know, but out of, you know, playing a human. Yeah. Um, so it's quite nice to see Terry in the show, not as Davros, just so we actually get to see see him as a person he's, mm. he does it he does the part okay doesn't he he's not he's not too bad he does yeah. the job mm. you know he, he he does a good death scene uh when he gets <laughs> shot um he why does, does yeah. perry in that scene though which is great well apart from the sidemen shooting but there is something scary about having the sidemen in the tardis i thought you know wow we don't see that very often mm. um but why does Perry look like she's about to burst out laughing in the cliffhanger? She's like, kill her, kill her at once. And they did this zooming on her. And she looks like she's um, just, I can't say the word because it's a swear word, but she looks like she's laughing. I can't, what, what word can I use? She's, she's laughing a lot. She looks she's, like she's about to she's cracking herself. Up. Yeah, yeah, she's cracking up. Um, I don't, I take away a bit of the drama. It's I, not just me that thinks that, is it? Well, I didn't see it that way. Oh, well, the next time you watch it, just look at her face. She's like going... She's like a hamster. Like, <laughs> I know what you're saying. You mean? I thought she was just. Um, I thought that was her extremely scared, about to be murdered face. But well, yeah, if you saw it as a, a laughing face, then yeah, well, it did. She know. didn't look scared to me. I don't know. Oh, okay. but yeah, maybe she was. Yeah, maybe she was trying very hard to look scared. But this is um, cool. Then let's um, just before we get on to Perry and the Doctor, let's quickly talk about the cryons then, because they. Oh yes. You know, um, uh, carry a bag head. Um, <laughs> they look um, pretty weird. Some of the some of their eyepieces were like prescription lenses, so it made their <laughs> eyes look huge, <laughs> and they just looked like they were a bunch of people who hadn't been to Specsavers because <laughs> they were sort of they almost Should've like to Specsavers. It's yeah. almost like they hired like ballet dancers, or because they always like they got these long fingers, haven't they? And they. Whenever they're moving around, they sort of glide and you know waft around. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and I I can't really jump on board with these guys. You know, I found I always every I've seen this this story maybe I think it's a potentially the third or fourth time I've watched it since I've owned it on DVD, and I always think that I, I just can't buy into them as as characters. I don't know why they're just played very pantomimey and very. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just can't buy into them. So they're there to sabotage the Cybermen, aren't they? They're there to claim back their planet with the help of Lytton. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually with the Doctor as he gets sort of drawn into it all. But yeah, uh, just the way they speak and the costumes are not bad, but you know, they're not too bad. They're a bit weird. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they just don't. What, about, do. what do you think to these? these well, they, a, they, they remind me of something that would have appeared in a. 60s doctor who like i can i can totally imagine them in black and white in a hartnell episode or a troughton episode okay because that's 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 what they look like to me they look like a 60s doctor who costume Mm. 
so yeah they don't work for me at all i, I love the i love the idea of the like the heating up of the whatever it is and you know that's a good way of of blowing everything up um mm. so i like that idea uh, especially with the sidemen being frozen and all that that works well but yeah they they don't they don't work for me at all mm. um in terms of the look and the way they're like you said they're very theatrical which again reminds me of 62 <laughs> very theatrical so yeah I'm, i agree with you i just find them a bit i think that's i forget they're in it so when they did come into episode two i think that's why i like episode one better because again they, yeah. they take me out of it a bit i'm like oh those guys these rubbish things again yeah um yeah i forgot about them yeah so not overly impressed with them no richard that's exactly the same thought as i had when i watched yeah. episode one it's such a, a, a good first half and then in episode two when you see them you're like oh i forgot that they were in it oh, yeah they were in it you know yeah exactly it. yeah um but yeah so not yeah not amazing, but no. uh, let's talk about Perry. Mm. Um, Nicola Bryant, bless her. I've said this every time. She's just not. A, I, she's not a great actress, is she? Let's be honest. I've, no, she's, she. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh crikey, she's always doing this thing where she's sort of pacing, you know, behind the doctor all the time. She's always got yeah. like a couple of meters distance behind him as he's sort of whizzing around doing his thing. She's constantly behind him like, Doctor, Doctor, are you sure? Yeah. And she does this thing where she stutters her lines all the time because she's got, you know, and when she's about to be murdered by the Cybermen and the Doctor's got the countdown clock going in the TARDIS, he's like, I think we should discuss this. And she's like, I agree. She's constantly doing that. And it, she irritated me a lot in this. She this does episode, irritate. Actually, she's but yeah, she's better in some than others. But she's not one of my favourite companions at all. Um, I mm. like like you just said. I just find her so whiny, and she never gets anything to do particularly. Yeah, um, I mean, so yeah, I'm not a fan of Perry to be honest with you. There are there are a couple of stories though where she does get a very hard time off. Oh off yeah, Colin, you know she mm. really gets almost bullied by him. Um, he's very very picky with her at times and almost yeah. like he's got no time for her like why is this person following well, I me around think, why is she there why does she I often yeah. think that yeah yeah but you know on the flip side though in ep- in stories like this she is very whiny and she's very, very. and you can kind of tell why he's like at time because he's like i don't need this this is what I'm marriage sure. is like <laughs> i i I'm don't sure. need this I'm sure she's stronger in in Kay's van der Zani. I think that's the only story where she doesn't annoy me. I, I haven't watched Dumb Planet Fire oh. for years, so I can't remember. But I'm I'm sure she's not like this with Peter's Doctor. Um, so I don't know much. if it's just no. no. I don't know if it's just down to the writing as much as her performance. But yeah, I, particularly this story, I was just like, oh Perry, shut up! I was getting really annoyed. She, she's just too whiny. Yeah, <laughs> and the acting not yeah, great. Not great. Uh, old sixty then, Colin Baker. Colin, his first proper story in this first mm. proper series. Um, yes. No, not his first proper story, but his first proper series. Yeah. Um, off to a pretty good start, do you reckon? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, and better than I remember because I always thought Colin took a while to settle into his doctor, <laughs> but actually, he's really good in this. Mm. I really liked him. Um, yeah, I thought he was grabbing it with with both horns actually and going for it and but he wasn't although he has the odd scene i think there's one at the start that made me think of you where he 
he's like um unstable or something he's That's really right. like shouting yeah. i thought oh gary would be laughing at this bit. i did laugh um yep. apart from that <laughs> early scene um i thought he was pretty good actually he didn't go quite as over the top as he sometimes does later on um so yeah, yeah lights colin in this one yeah he sort of got that over the topness out the way yeah got it out the way early you know when he's trying to repair the chameleon circuit and you know perry's nagging at him yeah and he turns yeah like you say um unstable unstable does his classic double word (laughs) yeah uh, irritation but um yeah i we sort of got those early scenes out the way um and then yeah he's sort of flying with it after that he's um he doesn't slow down too much i find which is good he's constantly doing something he's constantly going Mm. you know is an action scene or he's you know, arguing with somebody or he's trying to escape or he's, you know, so I'm going to punch up. Yeah. Yeah. So I quite like him in this. I, I really, you know, we're taking away like what we mentioned earlier about some of the violence and the darker side of things. I think he does have a good, he, he gives us a good performance as the doctor in this one. Yeah. I, I, I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Versus yeah. some of the other stories where he can be a wee bit, uh, well, just not as strong, I would say is in his performance, just a bit different and, Mm. you know held back a bit more a bit more annoying <laughs> yeah yeah um, i do think a lot of that is down to the relationship with perry though i think yeah quite a lot of the time the two of them were just given scripts where they were bickering and shouting at each other and like you said we get a bit of that in this but not too much thankfully so it's more the doctor being in control and mm-hmm. yeah he gets some good action scenes in it as well so i kind of yeah i was he's definitely a much uh when i say stronger doctor i prefer peter davidson but he's stronger in terms of his um He's a bolder doctor. Yes. Perhaps, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's definitely, you know, not afraid to get stuck in. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, anything you want to mention before we get on to scores? Uh, not really. Well, there is one other thing I want to ask you before we get on to scores. But um, the only other thing I've underlined was um, I know the budget was tight <laughs> with Doctor Who, but could they not have made a bit more effort with the, with the totters? Yeah, a Totters Lane sign. It's just a bit of old. Mm. They may as well have stuck a cardboard sign at there because it's, you know, like in Remembrance, we get the nice painted gate. Yes, they spelt the word Totters wrong, uh, but <laughs> uh, you know, at least it's a nice visual. But in this, they've just kind of shoved a slate board up on the wall. I, this is Totters Lane, by the way, and it's it feels really half hard to me. I almost wish they hadn't bothered. Yeah, uh, it's not. Do you think that though? They sort of walk up and you just see this sign stuck to the wall. Yeah, it's the budget it's was. Like, pretty minimum yeah. for that maybe location. they have to pay for yeah. all the different tardises uh, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> yeah i mean that's what that's just you know part of it you can't have a decent budget for every location and every set that you do so yeah. i suppose was, they don't they don't spend long there do they exactly because, yeah, so. yeah but um no the thing i wanted to ask you was because obviously this was one of the first ones you reviewed uh when you started the podcast on your own mm-hmm. um has your opinion changed because i i listened to your review back then but it obviously was a couple of years ago now. Can you believe that? A couple of years. <laughs> yeah. um, so I can't remember what you said about this uh, at the time, but, but has your opinion changed? <laughs> Neither can I. I can't remember either. Oh, um, right. <laughs> I don't think it's changed too much, no. Um, right. I think I've just got a bit more of a healthier respect for Colin Baker's Doctor in this story. Yeah. Um, and more sort of enjoyment at the Cybermen, really. But overall, mm. I think it's fairly consistent. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I would say. Alrighty. Yeah, I think it's me to go first. Yes, you first yeah. this week. Um, I'm going to give this a seven. Oh, right. I thought you'd go higher. Um, I'm giving it just 
a fraction higher. I'm giving it 7.5. Okay. Yeah, it, I toyed with an eight, but it just lo- it <laughs> lost it in the second part for me. I think if, if part two had been as strong as part one, it would have been an eight, but uh, it loses it slightly. So yeah, seven point five. Okay, a reasonable 10. score. Yeah, yeah. What did our lovely listeners think? Mm. Um, let's do an audio clip first. This is Owen Daly. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you're both well and enjoying the show this week. So the series opener of series twenty-two or season twenty-two or whatever they called it in the classic era. Let's just say the nineteen eighty-five series. Um, some people's claim this should have been the Six Doctor's first story because most people seem to really strongly dislike the Twin Dilemma, which I got to disagree with because I love Colin Baker's performance in that story. Um, I don't know why he gets so much la- uh, crap for that episode. He strangled Perry. Character development, I say, but we're not going to talk about Twin Dilemma because that was ages ago that you reviewed that. So one thing I love about the story was these stealth Cybermen, these black, lovely Cybermen. And I think they look so sinister and how they lurk around the sewers is just fantastic. And it's an idea I'd love to see revived for the new series as long as they don't ruin it. Um, One thing that I noticed in the story was there was a lot of gore and blood. Well, not a lot, but there was a bit of blood in the story, which at the time must have been seen as kind of bad but looking back on it now I kind of really like that because it shows a bit more maturity in the show but that didn't get very far as it was nearly axed the next year um, The Web of Time was introduced in the story which is um, a new formulation of the rule uh, that we're not allowed to change the course of history I think and that was kind of brought back up again in uh, Hellbent saying that the what's it called oh the hybrid is going to unravel the um, course uh, the Web of Time which I really liked and before I leave quickly I need to say Totter's Lane they they brought it back, which was which was lovely, but they spelt it wrong. They spelled Totter's Lane wrong. So overall, I really do like the story. It's good to get people into the Sixth Doctor, and I give it a seven out of ten. Thanks for listening, and bye. Seven. Excellent. Yeah, good. Totter's Lane, Totter's Yard are getting it all wrong today. If only if only they'd had Google back in nineteen eighty five. If only, eh? <laughs> they could have just quickly Googled it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yep. Uh, we're going to continue the audio stuff. This is, um, I think this is the first time we've had an audio clip from this listener. It's um, Reese Marshall. Hey, Adam, Gary. I hope all is going well. Uh, for me, Attack of Cybermen is a real start to the Colin Baker era, uh, as opposed to Twin Dilemma. Uh, it's great to start the Doctor and Page relationship blossom uh, into the dynamic we've come to love. Uh, the Simon are pretty good in this story, um, but I felt there was too many sort of leaders with shouty heads. Uh, what great, worked great when in uh, Earthshock uh, was that we had sort of one clear leader. For me in this, um, there was too many sort of leaders and shouty heads. Uh, I found the crimes to be fairly annoying at times. Uh, their voices gave me the same feeling of a chalkboard being scratched down. Uh, Little was one of my favourite aspects and characters of the story. Uh, it was horrible to watch his torture scene, uh, but it was great to have redemption for his character uh, at the end of the story. Uh, overall, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, it's a fairly solid story. Uh, have a good rest of your week. Cheers, Reese. Thank you, Reese. Yeah, some good points there. Some very good points indeed. The, I know what it means about the Cybermen. It's, I think it's the original, it's the same actor, isn't it? The Cyber Controller with a big head. It's I, Michael Kilgariff, I think. Oh, same yes, guy. Yeah, yeah. I believe, yeah. yeah. Uh, over on Twitter, Isaac uh, Dakin says, uh, Favourite Doctor Who story? Is wow. it? Yes. Ooh. Mike Yates on Twitter says, A bit gruesome in places, but I liked it. Anything showing people being converted is good in my view. Um, uh, Biomech Designs says my favourite Sixth Doctor story I love how it links Tenth Planet and Tomb although different cyber factions Mm, yeah and Doctor Who FAA says best lines uh, is the TARDIS when working properly is capable of many amazing things not unlike myself yes that is a great line Uh, which is a cracking line isn't it from uh, from, that always made me chuckle that it is very full of himself 
uh, at times, that doctor. Um, right, uh, third audio clip. Uh, this is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary Adam from the Big Loot Box podcast. So, um, it's Attack of the Cybermen. I get hit that and Revenge mix it up. Attack of the Cybermen. Uh, the story where the sixth doctor gets the uh, comedian circuit fixed. Uh, I really enjoy this one, actually. I find it's one of our sixes best. Although, in part two, it does seem to get a bit slow. But I can uh, forgive that. Although, I do think the Cybermen are good. I think the whole first bit is good when they're in the underground and they're sorting out the... Uh, Communion circuit, I just find it fun. I think uh, Perry is actually decent in this one, which is a surprise. There isn't really a lot to um, go into detail with. I mean, the Cybermen are probably this is one of their better stories uh, in the classic years because there are some that are bad. The Tom Baker one, mm, that's awful. Uh, sorry, got a bit of a cough there, and also that was a really bad fake cough. Uh, take two. No, I'm joking. But uh, honestly, yeah, I'll probably give this one an 8 out of 10. I think it's really good. Um, Hopefully, you know, uh, you know, hopefully this one gets a lot more viewing uh, because I think the Sixth Doctor is highly underrated. But I'll see you guys next week anyway. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, Alex. Nice one, Alex. Thank you very much, as usual. Uh, right, over on Facebook, Charlie Turner says, out of all the Sixth Doctor stories I've seen so far, this has got to be the best one by far. Um, so it's a pretty good story. Particularly love the line... Um, uh, from Colin Baker, where he goes, a rather angry one. Oh, yes. Which is quite fierce. Mm. Um, it says, uh, um, I he laughs every single time at that. Um, the cryons, they didn't need to be in it, really. Uh, and they were written so terribly, and the design was horrible. Wish they just didn't exist. But anyway, like I said before, the story is pretty good from start to finish. Um, if you find the time, uh, check out Mr. Tardis Reviews. Um, it's one of my favorite reviews of all time. I'll give this story 8.5 out of 10. Oh, okay, good. Miles McKenzie, Attack of the Cybermen is meh for me. Mm. Uh, I by no means don't like it, but it's not one of... Um, I by no means don't like it, but it's not one I'd choose first. Uh, I like Colin's uh, Doctor in his story as well as Perry. Cybermen are decent. The rest of the cast were good. Uh, but my one gripe is the chameleon circuit plot. I feel just wasn't needed. Um, and uh, I felt to me less iconic feel the TARDIS should always be a police box. Uh, I do feel there's some room for improvement, so a 5.5. Oh, okay. Uh, Sammy Satine says, so the Cybermen have decided to make Telos their new home, only to destroy it in, a, in an attempt to destroy Earth. Lytton, who used to work for the Daleks, now appears to be working for the Cybermen, but he's actually working for the natives of Telos, who appear to be weird, shiny aliens who melt at anything from freezing. Mm -hmm. uh, it was nice to see Totter's Lane and the junkyard again, uh, possibly the first time the Doctor bothers to repair the chameleon circuit. Um, she says, story's okay. At least Six and Perry don't bicker too much. Interesting, though, uh, Six uh, says he won't hurt Perry when he clearly attempted the strangler in the episode before this one. Mm. Colin is good. Nice to see the Sonic Lance. 5.5. Uh, yes, I like the Sonic Lance. Yes. Uh, Lewis Palmer says, pretty good story, actually. Tara's chameleon circuit gets fixed, which isn't something you should ever do, but it creates some nice comedy. Cybermen are fairly good. And that scene where the guy comes face to face, face to face with one in the sewers and just lets out a deafening scream is absolutely marvellous. Mm. Um, the scene where Lytton gets his hands crushed, uh, shocked and floored me when I first watched it. Um, uh, incredibly lenient by the BBFC giving it a U rating. Is it uh, a U rating? Blimey, it mm. shouldn't be. Uh, seriously, that scene is horrific and they say it's suitable for all ages. Uh, no. Still a great scene. On the downside, part two is not very memorable despite a good ending and the cryons get annoying fast. Uh, seven out of ten. 
Yeah, cheers, Lewis. It's a good point about the rating. I totally agree with you. Uh, my good friend, Mr. Nick Gill, says, I uh, was never a huge fan of uh, Colin's Doctor, but the story was quite interesting. Uh, very much a case of revisiting former themes, the junkyard, the cyber tombs, Lytton and his goons. Uh, the plot is a bit thin, but the visuals are pretty good. Um, in fact, one of my earliest memories of this on TV is the scene where Stratton and Bates destroy a Cyberman and dress up Bates as a Cyberman on the surface of Telos. Uh, that was a memory that stuck with me until I got the chance to see it 10 years later. Uh, it's definitely one of the better Baker stories, um, uh, second only to Revelation in my mind. Yes, they are definitely one of Colin's better, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's do our final audio clip. This is Loopy Lou. Great to see some early sexy. It's been a while for me. And Perry, wearing the most impractical shoes for running after the Doctor. You wouldn't catch Rose dead in a pair of them. A lot of fisticuffs. The Doctor beats up the policeman off screen and then later on beats up another policeman on screen. And of course the tussle with the Cyberman at the end. I thought it was a good story. Colin was brilliant. Really reminded me why I was so intrigued by his Doctor when I first saw him. I would give it a 7 out of 10. 7. 7. Cheers, Lou. She's got a point about Perry's costume. She's mm. very much rivaling the Doctor for being... um fluorescent isn't she indeed yeah. very bright yeah uh, back on facebook kevin mullen says literally a story of two halves attack of the sidemen represents everything wrong with wrong with mid 80s doctor who um part one is actually quite good giving us a fairly good performance by baker um, and introduces us to a collection of characters who by the time the story ends have been either killed uh, in a throwaway manner uh, so typical of Eric Sayward, or in the mm. case of Lytton, in a gruesome way, having his hands crushed in a display of blood the show didn't need to show. Mm. Uh, after all the setup, part two collapses under the weight of continuity references as the story hinges on plot points from a previous adventure shown only once some 18 years earlier. And it's obvious that John Nathan Turner, Sayward, and Ian Levine as continually uh, advise um, of more interesting ways to give fans what they think they want instead of making a show for the general public. Uh, overall, five out of ten. Part four, uh, sorry, four out of ten for part one and one out of ten for part two. Ooh. Utterly I tedious, he finishes with. Yeah, I do agree with a lot of what he said there, but yeah, I wouldn't go quite as far as the low scores but yeah uh, Jamie Ackerley says for me an absolute classic loved it on transmission and it holds up impressively well today Colin Baker is wonderful throughout loud brash bombastic reflective witty and pompous a joy <laughs> 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 well that's yeah. quite a contrast isn't it yeah. Joseph Howarth says um, sorry for the double post um, to the review but whatever I'll continue <laughs> Uh, yeah. Sorry, let me go to his first part then because he posted two. And he says, yet another six Doctor story that I have to review. Um, here are my thoughts. Honestly, it's all right as a story. Attack of the Sidemen, it has two things I like and has some things I don't like. Uh, things I do like are the stuff on Earth and the Cyber Scouts prowling about in the underground sewers. Uh, the Cyber Leader first appears in his story and he's flanked either side by two Sidemen. It's very well done um, as the base uh, they have in the sewers, which I thought looked pretty good. The action is very fast-paced and nicely done, if not very questionable, with what the gore and violence uh, showed us in the story. Um, Cybermen, uh, barring the cyber leader, sound ridiculous. The Cybermen controller was a joke and undermines the cyber leader's presence. Uh, other than that, it's a token Cybermen story for me. There's nothing I haven't already seen. Um, goes on to say... Uh, um, it's a pretty much a sequel to Tomb of the Cybermen. It's all down to the 1985 budget at, at the time. I really do feel this story should have been set on Earth rather than Telos, uh, in all honesty. So six out of ten. 
Yeah, I'd like to have seen a bit more between the cyber leader and the cyber controller, actually. Mm. A bit of a waste of opportunity. Mm. Um, lastly, on Facebook, um, uh, Stan uh, Gallagher says, I love Colin. I think this is one of his best. Great cast all round. Yes. Uh, so that was the official Facebook page. You had a few on the Geek's Handbag page, didn't you? The ideas, yeah. Um, Patrick Sherwood says, uh, Hi, Adam and Gary. So Attack of the Sidemen, what do I think of this story? Well, it's great. It's fun. It's witty. It's humorous. It's charming, and I love the story. It's one of my favorite stories of all time. Oh. Uh, the Sixth Doctor is great. I will give the story 10 out of 10, uh, he says. Um, he's, yeah, yeah, very positive from, from Patrick there. Uh, Andy <laughs> Escott Carrington says, Blue Peter aliens and dodgy computer-generated comet aside, there's something in this one that I love uh, about the classic era. The idea that events could be happening in our reality just around the corner, or in this case, under our very feet is great. Uh, enjoyed attack as a child and still enjoy it today. He gives it an eight out of 10. So high school there. Okay. Matt Vernon says, I love this one. It's my favorite of Colin's stories. And I think my favorite Cyberman story full stop uh, is a good Cyberman one. Mm-hmm. Stan Stacy Gallagher says, love the story. One of Colin's best. Another one thinks that. Yep. Jason Howell says, uh, my favorite Six Doctor story has a great mix of story elements which enrich it beyond many. Love how it links Tenth Planet to Tomb of the Cybermen. Cyber Controller is meant to be the same one team as Tomb, same actor also. It's a shame the cyber history, which has been unofficially written in Cybermen book by David Banks, never got put into the story. All right, which yeah. Would, yeah. yeah, which would have explained the difference between the cyber origins. The twist of Lytton not being a bad guy in the story is beautifully done as is the doctor's reaction to it. And it's also nice to see Terry Malloy, AKA Davros and Brian <laughs> Glover. So thank you, Jace. Oh, nice and yep. finally, Hendrix Chaplin says, uh, I watched it the other day and I still love this episode. It washes that bad taste of the twin dilemma and out of the classic era, it's not the level from Troughton stories, neither Earthshock, but it's a yeah. hundred times better than Revenge of the Cybermen and Silver Nemesis. Okay. Colin Baker does a great performance, solid supporting characters, and great use of blood and violence with the Cybermen. The only problem I had was the music was a bit off at, off at sometimes. Uh, he says it's a really overlooked story. Right. Thanks, Hendrix. Okay. Sorry if some of that didn't quite make sense. I think the old autocorrect sometimes <laughs> gets in on the Facebook, so I'm just sort of reading it as it is. But, yeah, we get the idea. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think mostly positives. We had a couple of negatives, but... Nice of all. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. good. I felt it... Yeah, it's good. I felt with a couple of tweaks it could have could have been better, but it yeah. was overall yeah. pretty good. Yeah, as always, with some mm. classic who. Mm. Right, what we're going to do next week... Oh, next week. Well, look, we haven't dived into much of the 11th Doctors. It's the 7th series, isn't it? We were looking at the list, and we were like, the 7th series, we've hardly done any, so we better stop putting it off and do some. And we're going to be doing Dinosaurs on a Spaceship next oh, week. Oh, wow. This could be an interesting mm. one to um to look yeah. at. Uh, we haven't done Matt Smith for a while, have we? No, we haven't, so, no. And, and there's a big chunk of episodes from Series 7 that we have just been avoiding, so we need to start doing some. So, yeah, Dinosaurs on Spaceship next week. And I think we're going to do there for 116. Okay. Thank you. 
thank you very much for sticking with us and listening to episode 116 um, thank you very much for sending in all your thoughts we had quite a few this week we did we had a massive response to this one which was great yeah audio clips and messages and all that jazz mm. which is good next week dinosaurs on a spaceship the 11th doctor mm. Mm. I've not seen this one in a while. I know you haven't. For I haven't reasons. watched it in for yeah. ages, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, look forward to um, hearing your thoughts on that one. Look out for the Facebook post and Twitter and all that stuff. And head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all the previous episodes on there, plus you can link off to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. Do a search for us on iTunes, and if you are an iTunes listener, if you could give us a rating and a review, that would be awesome. Thank you very much. And also check out Adam's stuff. He has a channel on Facebook and YouTube called The Geek's Handbag. So remember to check out all that stuff too. Uh, Right, um, next week then, um, we might do our giveaway. We might do. Oh, what have we we got? The competition where you have to tell us um, from which episodes all the clips were, uh, were from in our intro. Oh, yeah. So we might do that. Not sure. So... You have to listen out on 117 to see if we'll be doing that. Um, I know a couple of you have already told us um, what you think they are, and we've had um, a couple of people email in to say, uh, I was bored one afternoon, so I've worked out all the episodes where you grab the clips from. So I've kept those, don't worry. And I'll automatically put them in, even if you didn't want to. <laughs> I'll stick them in there. Um, so, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy uh, this new world where we have Trump... Um, <laughs> as president I'm not sure if we're going to be here next week uh, Armageddon the nuclear war could have broke out in that time so we might not be anyway uh, right until then my name's Gary my name's Adam and remember right here we go uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh,